The following podcast contains naughty language and ridiculous situations. Listener discretion is advised. 2018 Darkness for Light beneficiary Kim Cody's uh, run as the beneficiary runs out in just a few short days. On behalf of Kim and uh, everyone involved and everyone who's helped, uh, we're really grateful. It's been a very fun and gratifying uh, experience. We should hear who the new beneficiary is in the next couple of days. But uh, this would be a perfect time to get in that last donation, uh, you know, get in that last share. Kim's story is pretty incredible and pretty heartbreaking, but still very inspiring. Um, and she could definitely use, uh, you know, she still has more help that she needs. Uh, so definitely go check that out. Darkness for Light. Look up uh, GoFundMe. We love Kim Cody. Um, thank you so much, everyone. And uh, welcome to Trick or Treat Radio. I just screwed up the music, by the way. <laughs> Hold on. I saved a thing and then I saved it over another thing. This is all in the air. Like yeah, this is all in the air, man. Nice. I got no pants. We're on air. Welcome to Trick or Treat Radio, and we don't care. This is the new theme, and it's really good. <laughs> Monster Zero left because he has more than wood. <laughs> no one knows a single thing. Raven Shadow's gonna give Aries a ring. It's gonna <laughs> be the ugliest wedding that I've ever seen. It's the kid's gonna look like a werewolf drinking machine. <laughs> Trick or treat radio. This is the best intro ever. <laughs> Yo, watch it go, watch it go. Trick or treat radio. Johnny Wolfenstein's <laughs> on the wheels of steel. <laughs> Wants a zero. Had a good meal. <laughs> he doesn't feel good. He's patient zero. He's got the Andromeda strain hero. Trick or treat, trick or treat, trick or treat radio. <laughs> Press the button, Johnny. <laughs> Welcome to episode 348 of Trick or Treat Radio. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture. Navigated by the Deadites. The Deadites are the world's greatest electroshock band. We destroy monsters. We drink booze. We win championship belts. And uh, we also save over the uh, music um, cart. (laughs) So... uh, I was trying to be all fancy and quick. I'm like, man, I'm going to color code these so I know which ones to hit. And then I saved it on the on the wrong um, on the wrong thing. So when I loaded it up, it it was all fucked up. So it'll be good next week. My bad. Oh, thanks, thanks, Raven Channel. I'm glad I have your confidence. I think you'll do a really good job next time. Yeah, I appreciate that. You're a nice guy. Well, you know, first time listeners. You know, <laughs> normally we have a much more fluid uh, intro music. I'll tell you that. My, uh, if you ever get a replacement for me, I won't be able to do that. That's pretty good. <laughs> it is true. It's pretty yeah. good. It was really good. So, tonight, we are going to be talking about one of our most anticipated films of the year. We're going to be talking about Dragged Across Concrete, the latest film from director S. Craig Zaller and from Cinestate. So, looking forward to chatting that up and talking about that flick. I think there's going to be some interesting conversation. And then uh, 
we we had this topic we're going to talk about later in the last segment, and then our the main person who who uh, you know was going to carry the conversation, uh, MZ. He showed up and he looked like fucking death. Did you? Did you? Yeah, did, more so than usual. Yeah, <laughs> he looked like he ate death. Actually, did you see, did you see him, Raven Chow? Or you got here like right as he was getting ready to leave. Yeah, no, he was already uh, already standing up when I got here. Yeah, so he got here. He showed up, and we're like, "Hey, we're like, hey, MZ, what's up?" He's like, "Hey," we're like, "What? What's wrong with you?" He's like, oh, "I'm sick." We're like, "Why the fuck did you come here, you asshole?" Like, we have like a live show coming up. We have the Deadite show. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on, and none of us can afford to get sick. I have to, I have to sing for 90 minutes. <laughs> what there song is that? This is a good one. <laughs> it's one song, yeah, 90 minute song. Yeah. So it, it, and then yeah. the next day I have to do a whole show. Uh, you mean the other way around? No, I'm going to sing all through Trick or Treat Radio. That's all that is. <laughs> <laughs> trick or treat, trick or treat. <laughs> wow. It's definitely not one of your skills. You well, know? I'm, not, I'm out of work, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's not going on your intro anytime soon. I don't sing. No, no, you don't. And you shouldn't, actually. No, should. no, yeah. no it scares the dogs. <laughs> so, yeah, so no MZ, unfortunately. He did show up, and we basically sent him home. He's yeah, like, that's, that's, I admire that, though, because like, it, like, if I feel like if I, if I looked like he, if I felt like he looked, this would have been one of the weeks that I wouldn't, like, every, every so often, like, you know, uh, when I am on remote, uh, it usually means that I was, like, too sick to put pants on. So uh, I would have stayed home if I were him. Yeah, he looked really, really bad, and he sounded bad, and he said he hasn't really slept. He didn't really sleep last night, and then he tried to take a nap when he got home from work, and he couldn't take he a nap. He was too tired, yeah. He's too tired to even fall asleep. So, yeah, so we, we literally were like, dude, just fucking go home, man. Get some sleep. I wouldn't have, if he could have, uh, I wouldn't have even let him be on, like, remote. Like, he needs to sleep. Yeah. He needs to sleep right now because he's tired. Well, I'm sure if he was on remote, he would have just fallen asleep. We just heard snoring five minutes. No, no, we would have we would have heard something else. I don't know. He's supposedly too tired to, yeah. to do that. Yeah, I, actually, that's how we knew he was sick. Yeah. Well, like MZ, it was it was you, Aries, or or, or Dynamo. Yeah. You're like, how many times have you jerked off? He's like, I haven't. We're like, oh my god, go home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're definitely sick. I'll Call tell you this. <laughs> Call an ambulance. I knew after my cancer surgery that I was going to be okay because I remember being in critical care. Yeah. And wondering if they would be able to see me if I burned one out. So. <laughs> if you burned one out. Yeah. yeah, they'll probably send the head nurse in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seems a shame to waste his semi-private room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, so yeah, so that's what's going to go go on for tonight, talking about Drag Across Concrete. We might talk about some, uh, some exploitation films, although it won't be as good without MZ here. So yeah. we could maybe put that off a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but if any of you guys have thoughts on the film and or about exploitation in general, go ahead and feel free to leave us a voicemail if you're listening live. Podcast at trickortureradio.com. Leave us a voice message, an email. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that are really excited to hear what we have to say about Dragged Across Concrete. So a lot of people have I'm obviously seen camp. it. So if you guys are want to get involved, please uh, feel free to send in your thoughts. And... Let's see. There's a couple things I want to talk about. What do I want to talk about? Hey, Raven Shadow. Yes. You look a little sick. Uh, it's probably That's catching up. No. Not going to happen. Damn it. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> you try to send him home? Yeah. Hey. That's, That's mean. That's fucking mean, man. Yeah. So now I want you, I want you to be well, well and live that, long. Well. Just somewhere else. Well, probably none of those things are really happening in the <laughs> near future. 
What, being well or being somewhere else? Uh, both, yeah. I think, no, I think I'm really going to be where I'm at for at least, like, I think, I'm pretty sure i got, like, five to ten years left. <laughs> on this uh, on this earth? It's a mortal coil, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? And then I figure after that, you know, I don't know, you know, there's an astral realm I can maybe hop into or something. Astral but, realm. Yeah, but no, I think... I think With I, an emphasis on ass. Yeah. More like an asshole realm. Yeah, well, this could be the... I'm in the asshole realm. <laughs> That's like, the, the, with the hoary host of Hogarth or something. I'll tell you this, 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 today is a very important holiday for me. Yes. Yes, what is it? Uh, one of the most important uh, comic book milestones ever happened today. Or last night. Uh, last night is today, asshole. At midnight, that's today still. Oh. For another three, for another two and a half hours, it's still today. That's fucking weird. From midnight to midnight, today. It's weird that 12 a.m. is before fucking 11 a.m. That's fucking odd. Fair. Uh, I love that you just tried to fucking drop like fucking comic book knowledge on me, and you don't even know how the clock works. It, it's fucking. It well, is really, Raven I, Shadow. Are you shocked by that? Yeah, no, come on. I just—it's like his fucking confidence. I was probably, <laughs> it, a broken clock is right twice a day. <sighs> so it's a broken uh, person. That's yeah. true. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, uh, Detective Comics 1000 came out yeah. today, and uh, it's. Or was it last night? Thank you, John. <laughs> Producer Wolfie. <laughs> Did it come out at 11? Because <laughs> then it came out today. It came out at 11 p.m. originally? Yeah. No, uh, yeah. It's, it's, uh, I haven't picked mine up yet, but I got to uh, uh, use some of my preferential comic shop treatment to get some of the special titles. And you get preferential them. treatment? I do in a couple of places. I'm fucking Dynamo goddamn Mons. What do you want from me? Uh, how about that? That's, that's, I think that's your white privilege. Uh-oh. Wow. See, there you go. It's all, see, see what you're doing? What am I doing? No, nah, Mars, he's getting you going. <laughs> all right, now, you were making a big deal about the midnight thing. Did they have midnight releases? The, yeah, yeah, there was. There was a midnight release. That was yesterday, release. though. Anyways. Yeah, well, I mean, yesterday. <laughs> well, he went to sleep, so. Yesterday comes, for, yesterday comes before midnight. Well, for me, yesterday it's not. Yesterday comes before midnight. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's not the next day until I wake up. For me. So, that was yesterday. What kind of clock I, is that? I can get behind that logic. Whatever. I don't care. I just fucking me and the Mayans are sticking to our fucking clock. <laughs> me and the Mayans. Oscar Mayan. <laughs> uh, Oscar Mayan wiener. Oscar Mayan wieners. Um, I've never seen a Mayan. I don't know if I trust their calendars. But what's actually very important about uh, last today's midnight release uh, was they actually released uh, new comics. Oh, at midnight, really? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So that was uh, kind Did of a DC first. Did DC everybody? Uh, I believe it was everyone in everyone, everyone, uh, yeah, everyone, all of us, you and me, and you, yeah, vegan number one came out. <laughs> How was it? The, the, the green vegan, or something. Okay. <laughs> green vegan, yeah, that, uh, no, that makes sense, actually. Yeah, he's healthy and energy efficient. The, vegan lantern. <laughs> uh, the bean lantern, yeah, <laughs> he only makes non dairy energy constructs. <laughs> You're an asshole. <laughs> No, Johnny's very Are healthy. You sure, you're feeling okay? No, no, I'm, I'm. No, it's probably catching up now. But no, yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, Detective One Thousand came out. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. I have a. Uh, uh, I actually picked like one that I th- think was pretty not common. Uh, uh, my friend, uh, my friend Jay, let me have a look, and uh, I, and I went and uh, did did Batman Chris? Did, uh, did Batman detect in it? 
Yeah, that's a controversy. <laughs> I don't get to. But my, my buddy Chris uh, pointed out, like, so I found out all these things, right? And for some reason, nobody, when I was talking to it originally, mentioned that my favorite artist of all time had, like, a cover, like a legit cover. So it was, like, a matter of, like, oh, well, there's, you know, my friend Chris was like, oh, there's also this Frank Miller one. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, there's a Frank Miller cover, and it's really good. Uh, I really enjoy it, so I'm excited. So that's the one uh, I'm going to get. Because uh, I was at the comic book store for 45 minutes today and somehow forgot to buy my comics. So. I'm actually concerned because uh, Action 1000 sold out or near sold out really quickly. And I wasn't in the shop today. so I have so many of those still. Like, it's weird. Like, some places they're gone. And, like, some places, like, I'm fucking tripping over those things. 1000? Yeah. Both the square bound one and the hardcover one, too. Really? Hardcover book. Like that? Yep. The hard, I can't do it anymore. I can't do that guy's voice anymore. The hardcover hard book. That's you have to reach down into a, diff- yeah, a different tough. depth yeah. to do it. I'll never fucking forget that fucking. So me, so for some reason, the people who ran the whole district of uh, Blockbuster Video decided it'd be a good idea to let me and my friend Slack, so you guys don't know, but trust me, he's not management material. Uh, be in charge of a blockbuster video for a day because they all had like a giant manager's meeting, which turned out they were all fucking closing and everybody lost their job. But I had left already, so fuck those guys. But um, we're just sitting there being like feeling like we're badass because we're in charge of like a fucking blockbuster for $4.80 an hour. And this dude walks in and he's got white Einstein hair like sticking up and he's got like sweatpants that are pulled all the way up to his like chest like up to a little butcher but they're like sideways it was MZ no worse oh. and he walks up and I can't do the voice right because it was so high but he's like hi do you have the book <laughs> and right away I just fucking left like I went I went there was like a thing where you like like a backdrop where you could take a video of your kid in case he got kidnapped and I went and hid behind a kid kidnap and backdrop Right, and they go. Slacks being all professional goes. What book, sir? And he goes, the hardcover book. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, uh, what hardcover book? He goes, with all the movies. <laughs> <laughs> and Slacks like, uh, uh, what do you mean? He goes, like at Percy's, all the movies are in a book. Slacks like, no, sir, all of our movies are out on the wall. <laughs> Where's the book? And that went on till I either, I don't know, till I passed out from laughing. I think like, I know what he's talking about, though. I know, I know now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, and I, I probably knew soon after, but not when I couldn't fucking breathe because <laughs> the most boring human being alive is getting grilled about a fucking book. Wait, isn't Percy's an appliance store? Yep. Why would they have rent movies at an appliance store? I don't know. They did. That's the first place. The grocery stores used to yeah. rent movies. That's the first place that I used to uh, have a video membership. And the easiest way not to take up all your wall space is to put them in a book. No. no yeah. Jeez, right, Joe. How about that? The fuck. Space saving. <laughs> <laughs> and w- was this like mid-90s by any chance? Mm, yeah. Well, so I graduated from high school and then like maybe <coughs> 94, 95. Deadites would happen. Because that just sounds like a guy that used to come into the movie theater that I worked at. <laughs> Dude, was there a book there? There wasn't a book. No, he book? Just, he'd just buy tickets to every movie and watch every movie every week. Uh, probably him. There was some characters down What's in that. What, what theater? Downtown. Oh, oh some, I miss that theater. There were some characters in the uh, that Webster Square, yeah, that's for sure. 
there was this dude called uh, Paul who was um, uh, was mentally disabled. And he was really nice. I liked him a lot. My dad would give him a ride home. He'd be walking a lot and see him. And one day at the theater that uh, my brother Scott worked at, I was just hanging out there loitering. And you needed an ID to see this one movie. And the new manager was like one of those guys that took things too seriously, right? So he wanted to go see like a movie. And I only saw like the the end of this, but I guess it went like, I would like one ticket to see Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down. And they're like, oh, can we see your identification? I would like one ticket to see Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down. <laughs> oh, we got to have identification. So I, by the time I came out of the back area, there was legit police hauling this kid out. He's just yelling, <laughs> tie me up, tie me down. Tie me up. Right? And I was like, what is happening <laughs> what right the now? the fuck? So I used that opportunity to steal like fucking 25 trash bags of popcorn. <laughs> Perfect. I went to the roof uh, and threw them into the, my friend's trunk from below. Is it popcorn off a roof? <laughs> to a trunk. You know there's a more efficient way of doing that. Not without having to walk by five cops, a guy yelling, tie me up, tie me down, and the manager. And they don't see raining, like, popcorn bags, like biblical frogs? No, I went, like, to, out the other side. I was at the side where the, uh, now there's an alarm store. No. So I was on, like, the, the uh, Java Hut side. Uh, oh, sh- oh, shit. Someone uh, in the chat room says, don't forget about the Whistler in Webster Square. Yeah. No, I not forget the, about the fucking Whistler. The Whistler was all, uh, the Whistler was he was all over all Whistler. Whistler. Uh, Whistler yeah. used to walk. Uh, we called him Wolfie, funnily enough. <laughs> uh, he would walk right by my house in Shrewsbury, and we'd yell, Wolfie, Wolfie. And, like, we were so fucking excited to see him. Like, that guy was just a hobo. Yeah, so there's like, this guy, like, for people out there who don't know, like, where kind of where we live, there was this, this dude who would just run everywhere. and he just walked. No, he he ran. I always see him running. Could probably from the police. <laughs> but everyone called him the whistler because if you'd beep your horn at him, he'd whistle back at you. Like a really high pitch, like you know, like you whistle back. I can't do it. So but um and so like everyone fucking knew him from around here. Like literally all of us know him, right? Yes. Yeah. And we grew up in very like well, areas in Raven Shadow grew up, you know, similar places, but Mars grew up like 30 minutes away from them and, and I was like 30 minutes away from Mars but everyone fucking knows this No, guy. when the Whistler was going down I was only two towns over. Well, he was still doing it when you were when you were further away. I don't I don't even know where further away is. When you met Tiny. In in, in Valhalla? <laughs> Valhalla? With the Warriors? <laughs> I remember a guy in Maine South used to pee on the church. That was you. No, it wasn't me. No, no. <laughs> I never peed on a church. You, what about after... Uh, you peed on someone's house. <laughs> you peed, you peed I was on shit on my house. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm saying I, I might have peed in some weird places for a while. But, yes, uh, yes, I never peed did. on a church. That you're aware of. You, not even sure. to like put, put out a fire after you started that? I didn't know. I didn't. <laughs> Left a cigarette burning. That's fun. So uh, Mars had mentioned popcorn. I wanted to talk real quick about it's delicious. About uh, buy a bag. I went to the movies. I went to the movies on Saturday and saw Us. I don't want to talk too much about it. Maybe we'll review it. I don't know. But uh, I fucking loved it. I think, and obviously, I'm not the only one to go see it. It made over seventy million this past weekend, which is a, a huge, huge opening, second biggest opening of the of the year, and the film was made for twenty million. So. It's uh, it's really good. I'm trying to avoid anything about it. You're not going to see it for months. You're not going to be able to avoid it. Go to the movies and see it. Go uh, see it. 
the fuck? I, I, I saw a bunch of movies over the weekend. In the Captain theater? Theater? Yeah, I saw Captain Marvel. Oh, look at you. Yeah, I'm proud of you. All right. Yeah, all right. Take it back. It was a big win. Now go see us. Well, listen, fucking slow it down. All right. I got to <laughs> fucking do that. Uh, so, uh, okay. So, let me, so I don't want to say too much yeah. just because uh, maybe, you know, kind of like Get Out where that, that has some legs on VOD afterwards. We talked about it. So, I don't want to say too much just because uh, we, we may be talking about it. I don't know. But, uh, all right, Raymond Shadow, what do you think of Captain Marvel? I enjoyed it fine. I enjoyed it fine. Yeah. You you enjoyed it like that's a weird descriptor after saying you enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it fine. I mean, it was, so it was enjoy good. enjoyment is something, and then fine is like not good. Well, I enjoyed uh, it. It's fine. It was fine. Okay. Not really. No, I did. I did like it. Like, I mean, it was, it was okay. Follow the formula. Where? Yeah, there's a Marvel formula. Where does it fall? Like in like better than Ant Man, better than Iron Man. But where does it fall? Yeah, I'd put it towards the for me. Uh, yeah, like around the Ant Man era. Those Ant Man movies are dope, though. The and they're fun. Ant-Man they're fun. Yeah. Um, you don't like, like Paul Rudd? What the fuck, man? What the fuck? I like Paul Rudd. <laughs> what the fuck? I know. I, I like his Mac boy. and me. <laughs> I like his boy better. The dude who fucking uh, his partner in crime. I like him. Give him a fucking movie. No, it was good. I'm. I'm actually. I am. That's big... because that would be the fucking you movie. <laughs> Put me and him in that movie. It'd be great. <laughs> uh, but no, I enjoyed it. Um, uh, I am a pretty big Carol Danvers fan. I'm not really. I haven't read her since she's taken on the Captain Marvel moniker. Uh, but she was a part of several of my favorite Avengers era teams. Um, and some really weird shit. What was it? Avengers 198 through 200, which is really fucking weird. Which had her being somehow artificially pregnated by some cosmic force. She gave birth and then. Fell in love with the guy that gave. It was fucking weird. It was really fucking big net shit. It was some really <laughs> fucked up big net shit. shit. Yeah, some weird shit where she gave birth to this guy that she ended up hooking up with on an alien planet. Whatever the fuck, it was the seventies or eighties. Um, but it was fine. I've talked to some people who had some continuity issues with it, like Marvel movie continuity. Marvel, Marvel movie continuity, um, which. I could see a couple things. It's nice that you go out of the way for those virgins. Virgins. <laughs> In Bob. Well, fair. <laughs> uh, but that was good. I think they finally got the de-aging technology down. Like, I couldn't even tell that. Call him for me. Yeah, well. <laughs> call him. You don't have Marvel use budget. <laughs> That's true. Sam Jackson was good. Uh, the Flarkin made me chuckle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Goose was awesome. Yeah, Goose was cool. I didn't have a problem with the uh, de-aging in some of the other movies. I didn't really either, but some people kind of went out. Uh, I mean, in show. Ant-Man, I thought it was I thought that was really good. Oh, I wasn't mentioning, uh, I didn't mean Ant-Man. I meant like uh, people kind of, there was some different camps on the Star Wars stuff with Leia and, um, not de-aging, I thought it was CGI, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Something different then. Yes. Which I was CGI. <laughs> you wish you were CGI? Okay. What would you CGI. do? I would, I would fucking look a hell of a lot better. It looked pretty good, man. You. you are a computer-generated idiot. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> no one's even commenting on my haircut. Hurt my feelings. I saw it already. See? No, you didn't. You got a haircut? I did get a haircut. Mm-hmm. Look at this. Shade. Uh, it's a little, a little shorter. Yeah. No, it's kind of like, for those without watching the uh, live show, it's kind of like uh, Antonio Banderas and Desperado meets Dan Cortez <laughs> from uh, MTV. <laughs> I love the, the relevant... Uh... <laughs> Like, those are, like, literally 90s references. Well, 
You just referenced two guys from the 90s. Dan Cortez. <laughs> Come on. Not, like, no one like it was like born after the year 2000 even fucking knows who Dan Cortez is. Corny fucking knows. He it, watched the MTV Sports. Yeah, but he was born after, like before. That's why I get along with Corny so much. <laughs> and why you kept his stuff for so long. <laughs> I kept his stuff. Dan fucking Cortez. <laughs> why are you always going to try to drag Corny down with you? Listen, Corny You know is what? My when friend. you're going down, don't grab on your friends. Just go down. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just go down gracefully. Just go down gracefully. Yeah, do yeah. That's Aries uh, orgy philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's nice. That's real nice. I'm grabbing you next. Nice. <laughs> you ain't getting that ring that Mars sang about. Yeah. It's a good thing that. You, oh fuck! I forget your present again. It's a good yeah. thing. Not yours. <laughs> yours. Yours. I broke. I have to make it again. I have a present for you too. So I. Uh, uh, Wolfie. Yes. I'm just going to know that when we start talking about the movie, or what I should say when you start talking about the movie, yep. I'm staying on this side of the barrier. I'm not talking. Okay. You okay. know what? There's like five feet in between us. Mm-hmm. Slide this way so you're not looking around S- the monitor to make eye contact. Is this the fucking dude it's who gets mad weird. when I sit next to him in the movies when I don't have to? <laughs> what? Well, you can keep a chair between you two yeah. still. Yeah. Nah, this is fine. This is where I'm, I'm going back to this for the next couple of weeks. It'll be nice. <laughs> so no one can see you drinking that fucking death coffee? Mm-hmm. So you're just going to continue to be creepy as you look at people. <laughs> I'll and be you, off camera. I'll have you know that my creepy skills have hit an all-time creepy. Lately. Oh, yeah. No, no. I know. <laughs> I got a full-on creepy stare on the ride here. I almost crashed into a tree. I was thinking longingly about Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, out of the corner of my eye, full-on, I could feel his like his stare, hand, chin on his palm, just gla- ga- uh, gazing at me. You, you were like a giant Dr. Pepper f- road, like on a rotisserie. Well, you do have those blue eyes that yeah. I can really die. It's a dark through. truck. Oh, yeah, but your eyes glow, though. They glow. They don't glow that much. Speaking of things that I would uh, enjoy, uh, who's getting me a chocolate uh, Ryan Gosling? Oh, oh, they're, they're vegan, too. Yeah, I know. It's going to be nice. What the fuck? That, that's my, that's the, I, I wrote the slogan for that company. This Easter, the gauze will melt in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Suck some gauze. Happy Easter. <laughs> Suck some gauze. <laughs> Oh, shit. How about I just buy you a chocolate dick and you can suck on that? <laughs> oh! <laughs> You're saying that like that's fucking terrible. I like dicks and I like chocolate. I see no problem with this at all. You put your dick on my chocolate. You put your <laughs> chocolate on my dick. I saw it on the movie, Wolfie. I saw uh, The Overlord. The Overlord? Yeah. Yeah, how was, that how was it? In relation to just Overlord? I really <laughs> fucking enjoyed that. That was fucking dope. Yeah. Was yeah. Awesome. What I, the Thank you, Ares. <laughs> Someone just posted a picture of Mars. What the hell? <laughs> was it Mars? It's a hat that says Yang 2020. That's true. Who is uh, who is FFF? Do you know who that is, Mars? No. Someone posted a picture of you in the chat. Someone local. <laughs> <laughs> trying to recognize the background. I don't recognize the background. Um, is that marble? <laughs> That's the outfit I had. Someone on took a so someone, yeah. Someone took a photo from his like social media and put a hat on. Oh, that season. was me upset because I heard a fucking like smooth jazz version of uh, that Rick James song. Give it to me, baby. And it took me like <laughs> almost all the way to the end. And I was really despondent. Wonder who that is. I don't know. What'd you What's ask? The name four four four. No F F F. You think it's fantastic four 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 four. Oh man! Uh, what else do I want to talk about? 
Uh, no one cares about this other than I, but fucking baseball season starts tomorrow. So oh, fuck me. You're the only one. You're the only one that likes baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you like baseball? I do. Where are they playing? Yeah. Who are they playing and where? What? It's a whole fucking league. Like, the- no. Who are the Red Sox playing tomorrow? Baroness. Where? Fucking Seattle. <laughs> Look at you. They're all doing, right. They're doing right. a fucking 12 game fucking road trip, mother trucker. Because <laughs> they're fucking champs. <laughs> See, don't fucking tell me. Well, that and because it's fucking like still March, yeah, well, and the weather sucks here. Well, it's cold, in New England. Yeah, exactly. That's why they're not playing here. Yeah, beautiful fucking beachfront, fucking Seattle. Seattle. Well, they have a they have a roof. No, oh. so they're playing in the dome. You know, they don't have is fucking fucking championship rings. <laughs> well, I don't think Red Sox have theirs either. Well, yet they have other ones. So excited about baseball! We, I had my fancy baseball draft this past weekend with uh, Doctor Joey Tron. And also with uh, Monster Zero was in attendance. So that was fun. He wasn't sick then. Oh, good. <laughs> and uh, also, the the biggest news of all is uh, on Friday, March 29th, the new Devin Townsend album comes out. Oh. Yeah, how about oh, that? Right. You guys excited? Are you going to double tap that now? Or you want to <laughs> Maybe I'll do it now and later. Huh? How about that? Shit. Maybe I should play a little bit of it. Yeah, might as well. I got a little sneak peek. Because I, I uh, ordered the uh, ordered the uh, vinyl, so Devin Townsend, be, media man, that'll be coming in a little while. But uh, let me see. You know, uh, fuck it. I'm gonna pl- I'm gonna play some because I know you, I, like I gotta stick to my gimmick. You know, you should I like Devin Townsend? You do not. I do. I enjoy when you play him. <laughs> I'm gonna go on a road trip with you and just listen to Devin Townsend <laughs> in the driveway. <laughs> fun. All right. Let's see here. The new album is called Empath, and hmm, I don't know what song to play. You know what? I'll play play a little bit of Genesis, because he has a video for this. He seems to have an invisible touch, yeah. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit, because it starts off a little slow. But So the name of the album, Empath, comes out the 29th of March. As anyone who knows me or has listened to the show in the past knows that it, he's uh, one of my favorite artists. And uh, the video for this is is pretty funny. It's kind of a meta take on people doing reaction videos. It's kind of it's kind of all over the place musically, and, and Mars might like this, but it's got a pretty good like Frank Zappa influence from what I've heard, I'm hearing so far, because he's a uh, fan of of Zappa, so. So I'm excited about that. You're on your own there. I'm sorry. Yeah, you don't have to like it. I'll like it enough for both of us, Aries. Sounds good. (laughs) I've only, uh, because I've been in such a good mood, I've only been listening to Sisters of Mercy in the Mountain. (laughs) That's it? Yeah, that's all. Literally all. Fucking Chavo Guerrero. Chavo um, Guerrero. Isn't it helping? That's the Mountain Goat song. <laughs> Chavo Guerrero. It's awesome. That's the saddest line I've ever heard. What you, is it? You've let me down, but Chavo never did. <laughs> 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 I used to wish death good. on all of his enemies. It's good. <laughs> Didn't Chavo have his... Did he have a catchphrase? No, you're thinking of 
Chavo Guerrero Jr. Yeah, oh. Chavo. Uh, it was his dad that okay. Mars is talking about. Oh, okay. well, uh, what the Bowen Goats are talking about. Yeah, or, yeah. Tag Team Champions with Alma Drill. That's a line in the song, too. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys, I highly recommend uh, Tiny and I, when I've, I've, I've been, you know, it's that time of year again, so I actually hang out with Tiny. Uh, Tiny and I were thinking about covering the uh, Mountain Goat song, Lovecraft in Brooklyn. It's a good song. It's got, it's got, I found a line that might finally upseed my favorite song line of all time. Uh, which, you know, forever my favorite song line is maybe there's a God above, but all I ever learned from love is how to shoot somebody who outdrew you. Is that Alkaline Trio? No, that's uh, Leonard oh, Cohen. because they make you cry. They had, so so uh, Alkaline Trio upsets me because they do what I do in a much more sexy way. I think the Mountain Goats guy is like cable me. I think it's me from the past. Because like, <laughs> like, like, it's just so... Like he wrote the line, "Today I woke up afraid of my. Today I woke up afraid of my own shadow. I mean, legitimately afraid." <laughs> he woke up uh, afraid of his own raven shadow. It's true. <laughs> I think you do that too. No, the line would be, "Today I woke up disgusted with my raven shadow." <laughs> <laughs> it's not uncommon reaction. No. I'm gonna. Oh, that's too bad. Creepy girl's hanging out. MZ's not here. She says, "Hi, everybody. Home with a hurt back. One good thing I get to see the show." Nice. How you feeling? Well, I guess well hurt. Sorry about your back. Uh, glad you're here, but sorry about your back. Recommend yeah, wine and Vicodin. Yeah, I hope you get better. Yeah, you and MZ both not feeling great. So you guys should uh, like cuddle and get better. <laughs> he needs more sun. Florida be nice for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Though she dressed by fucking alligators all the time. That guy wouldn't have a fucking chance. You just see a fucking picture on the internet with like a fucking. Monster Zero profile inside the belly of an alligator. But I can totally picture him like doing like alligator fighting outside like a rest stop in Florida. Like, like hitting him with like fucking wet floor signs and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, I could like <laughs> the sled. Give, give it an alligator to crash and burn. Yeah. <laughs> crash and burn, with, baby. With his sweatpants on. Over. I just got schoolboy by an alligator asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's okay. I was worried. He's breathing through his fucking mouth. If that was an animal, we'd have to put him down. Bring him the tufts. <laughs> yeah, we could. What does that cost? Probably too much. That's true. I don't know. I think they owe me. I, th- I think there's a whole wing of that place, Doodles, last time. My cat Doodles cost me so much money, I think I own pot of tufts. <laughs> so... Let's see what else. I guess we'll do some quick intros and then we'll we'll kind of wrap things up a little bit here. I am Johnny Wolfenstein, the pencil pusher and producer of media for Trick or Treat Radio, the Deadites, co-host of the Outside Corner Fantasy Baseball Podcast, and also the Five Hossman Wrestling Podcast. One of my co-hosts on that show is the Immortal Gunslinger, singer, lyricist for the Deadites, Dynamo Mars. So we got a big weekend coming up, guys. Woo! Do that, Mars. Hey, woo! woo. <laughs> Whoa! I mean, you wouldn't know it from anybody other than Johnny and I, but we have a live Trick or Treat Radio coming. (laughs) Well, Raven Shadow probably shared it with himself. Yeah, the fucking promotional machines that are my (laughs) co-hosts. No, I've been sending some private messages. Mm -hmm. To who? It's private. (laughs) (laughs) It can't out anybody. (laughs) It can't out anyone. But uh, yeah, it's uh, going to be a very exciting weekend. Uh, Tiny and I have... uh... So here's a good Tiny story. Ready? So... I go over Tiny's house 
to take the Deadites 93 songs that only exist on, not even on a computer, they exist in the sequencer of a 30-year-old keyboard, right? <laughs> and I go, you know, we should, if for no other reason, get these fucking songs somewhere in case you lose them. He's like, yeah, 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 we should. So I show up, sit down, and he doesn't have the Insonic. Like, like he, he like doesn't have the fucking keyboard that has been like the basic cornerstone of our sound for 30 years, right? And uh, I'm like, w- w- where is it? He's like, I don't know. So he thinks about it. He had lent it to Oracle. So I go, all right. So we get in touch with Oracle. She's going to bring it bring it by my house last night. And I was going to drop it off because Tiny had something to do, right? So I'm like, wow, it must have been really important that he specifically gave this irreplaceable, priceless thing that had our history in it, right? So she drops it off, and she's got the sustain pedal, too. And I'm like, what do you, why do you give you this one? Keep in mind, anybody who doesn't know, Tiny has 200 keyboards if he has one. Right, he's like a keyboard. He's got whole rooms full of more keyboards than most people have in their studio that he's just not using right now. More than one room, right? He got rid of keyboards that he is using because we thought it would be cool to make the front of the studio, the crypt, actually look like a crypt. So uh, I asked her. She goes, "Oh, we wanted to borrow a keyboard just so we could play some Christmas songs at Christmas time, at a holiday thing." He fucking lent out the. Like, we would have lost everything from our, like, youth. The SYS songs, like, everything. And he's just like, so I asked him about it. And he's Especially like, with, like, I, no offense, but she has, like, three or four kids, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like. <laughs> Some juice could spill on it. Well, Which, no, yeah, that could happen. Or the kids just erase it. Well, I met, I met one of those kids today, coincidentally, like, with uh, his grandmother. Yeah. Like, she was telling me all about her son last night. And she's like, oh, you'd love him. He loves, like, like the stuff that you love. And he's four years old, but he talks like he's 25. So literally, I'm just sitting behind the counter at work today. And this little kid comes in and is like, I think I'm going to buy Shockwave today. <laughs> he just walks by and I go, what's your last name? And then he cried. <laughs> and then, uh, but imagine, like, poor, poor Oracle gets a text today. He goes, want to see my new band? She goes, yeah. And I just sent her a picture of me and a kid. <laughs> she's like, what is happening? But uh, yeah, so uh, it was pretty dope to meet him. But uh, yeah, so we almost lost everything. He is a fucking crazy guy. And also, I talked to my sister today, who uh, had no idea it was our 25th anniversary, or we had a 25th anniversary show coming. So he's busy that night. (laughs) Yeah, I'm surprised that she didn't say that. (laughs) He can't come out and play. No, she just wrote it down. So he is busy the day he and I are supposed to be interviewed by a. Uh, local publication, but I don't think he knew that yet. I think that I think I got that news sprung mm-hmm. before he knew. So, looks like we're bringing the Telegram and Gazette to the crypt. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. So uh, that well, was uh, very terrifying. But we have this big show coming, and we're getting ready to play songs. There was two songs that we've never played live that were on our first tape. We played one of them at ninety three. We're going to play the other one at this show. Uh, we're going to play, we're looking to play, we might not be able to, I might not be able to sing them anymore, but we're looking to play Church of Mirrors, that we haven't played in about 20 years. We're looking to play Home, that we haven't played in 20 years. So, uh, a couple other songs from that era, uh, Torn from the Islands of Chaos that we played in 93, but uh, we haven't played in a while. Um, Plight of the Damned. 
We haven't played in a long time. So, you know, it's going to be cool to play all that stuff. Not playing any songs where I rap. That was where I drew the line. Like, we needed to make some, like, we have, like, 80 songs, which surprised me, right? 80 done songs, like 80 songs that we could play. Um, not counting ones that we didn't know what they were or what the sequences were. Uh, uh, but I think it's, like, 80 songs and five five or six covers or something like that that we had access to. So we're going to play all the covers, which should be fun. Uh I think Oracle is going to make a brief appearance. So nice. Should be a should be a a really good time. But the uh, that's the live show. But the night before that, we're going to be live in front of microphones at the Parkview Room in beautiful Worcester, Massachusetts, doing our thing with the award-winning exploitation documentary Survival of Film Freaks. So it's going to be a good time. I'm I'm very excited for the weekend. If Monster Zero didn't get us all fucking plague dog, <laughs> yeah, plague dog. Uh, speaking of uh, speaking of survival of the film freaks, uh, you excited to see Bill Raven Channel? Bill who? What? Uh, Bill what? by Force? Oh, was how about the uh, no? Kyle, uh, Kyle will be there. I like Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so anyways, Bill went to Raw, uh, Monday Night Raw this past week, uh, this past Monday. And he, <laughs> Marzo's was coming up. And uh, so he was in attendance. <laughs> what? And uh, Bill brought a sign to the show. And uh, what does that say, Raven Channel? Can you see it? <laughs> That's not real. <laughs> Can you see? What does it say? Say in the mic. <laughs> what does it say? He says, I'm Raven Shadow's number one fan. No, it says Raven Shadow loves pickles. <laughs> they do. They're good. Do you like pickles? They're good. What do you think of that? I like the sliced ones. Bill Sweet brought... Pickles are great. <laughs> wow. This is outrageous. This is on. I think I'm... And, <laughs> and, his, uh, and his kid also is holding the sign. <laughs> oh, man. The road to WrestleMania. <laughs> what do you think? This is, uh, yeah, listen, this is outrageous. Bill likes me very much. As much enough, as you like pickles? Enough yeah. to you. <laughs> yeah, no. No, Hollywood Bill is a lot of control. You know what I mean? Uh you know, I think what I'm concerned about is uh, the other one, Mr. Chris. Where's his movie? I want to support him. He doesn't. He's he hasn't. He's not a filmmaker. No, because Bill's holding him back. <laughs> Bill won't let him. He's, he, he's he has uh, a he has a board game out there, a trivia game. Yeah, I'm chairman of the board, but I mean, like, I think the fact that he got a new partner, and I think Mr. Chris is being left in the dust, and that's sad to me. He's not being left in the dust. Yeah. Have you ever listened to this show when Don't, you're not on it? I hear it's very good. No, yeah. I, people seem to enjoy it. Don't talk about my dad. Yeah, no, I think he's he's alone, and I'm gonna call him. He's like that uh, that fucking uh, soul asylum song, you know, the sad man, whatever the fuck. <laughs> the sad man. Yeah. What the fuck? He's are watching you? the grandfather clock, and no one's calling for a long time. You know what I mean? I think that you know Hollywood Bill's kind of forgotten his roots. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> man. Somebody's gonna have to take you, put you down. <laughs> <laughs> There's no question in my mind that you are like fucking just running amok. <laughs> no, I think I think you know. Bill is right though. No, he's everyone who doesn't like fucking you know treats. No, I mean like not about the pickles, about no. like that you're a rudo. What do you mean? You like don't support Bill at all. I do support in his Bill. endeavors. You don't support any endeavors that you're not directly in. That's not true at all. Right. Or the Deadites because they've been known to get you laid over uh, the years. Well. Yeah, see. Definitely some dry humping. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. 
you know. <laughs> you know. That's fair. No, there's been some definitely, I've been in proximity with the Deadites are usually Deadite shows equal heavy petting. <laughs> uh, but the rest was all your boy. Uh, no, it's very good. I can't wait to go but to the The rest uh, was all your boy's wallet and all that boot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, means to an end. No, I'm very excited. April uh, 13th at the Bull Mansion. Mm-hmm. Dad's playing some songs. All the songs. All the songs. Playing every song. They're playing, uh, you know, even some fucking uh, Hanoi, Hanoi Rocks, probably. You're mm-hmm. doing all kinds of covers. Hanoi Rocks. Rocks. Wow, you are the fucking <laughs> king of the yeah. antiquated references. This is tonight. ridiculous. Yeah. No, this is outrageous. No, no, it's very good. It's very exciting. Dad's going to be there. Oracle. Um, check it out. I love the Deadites. Play Tall, Doc, and Dead. Nope. No, see? No. No songs where I rap. Do you rap in that? No. Tall, dark, and dead is what the postcard said. Oh, what do you think? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a little less white. It's like white. your favorite song. It's a little less white than that, but not much. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't... Um. Yeah, we had to draw a line somewhere. And that was one of the lines. Fair. I'm going to do a line We're somewhere. Tiny and I wrote a fucking... You know, 25 years, you get a lot of songs. There's a lot of songs also that had, like, uh, different versions. Like, so... We, like there's like two different versions of uh, "Too Ugly for Heaven." All right, well, let's continue on with the intros. <laughs> what? It's been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot we were doing. That. <laughs> we also have the Triumph Riding, Stage Directing, Whiskey Drinking, Chief of Security, the Warrior of Nor'easters, America's Sweetheart, Urban Gandalf, and Rick Rubin's stunt double. He drinks and breaks things. Ares, God of War. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> We also have the chain-smoking, hand-kissing, baby-shaking, lorazepam-loving, former comic book-reading nerd, the official smoke chamber for Castle Wolfenstein, the Pippa Promotions, the Italian rap scallion, the professional bullshitter, the cool principal, the proprietor and secretary of the sexy speakeasy, Mr. Runtime, the Duke of Degeneracy, and the Parisian Bruja himself, Michael Ravenshadow. Thank you very much, Johnny. Not only do I see films theatrically... Not only do oh, I see you go movies. to the movies fucking once, and I, now and did you stay away? Now you're fucking martyr. I did, I did, I did. Uh, I even stayed till the uh, very end credits. It was very exciting. The, the post credit scene. Yeah, post post credit scene. There's two stingers. Yeah, one plays base for the police. One is uh, yes. the WCW champion. And not only do I watch, uh, and one is fake stinger. So there's three. That's fair. I uh, watch films uh, digitally. Uh, Overlord, very exciting, uh, starring uh, hey, Kurt Russell's you, son. You talked about that. Yep. Well, uh, well, you kind of cut me off, kind of dismissed it a little bit. You know, a little bit yeah, because, you know, that was like relevant five months ago. Oh, wow, fucking. I already reviewed it, actually. <laughs> well, wow, sorry. Well, fucking. Uh, I also watch uh, programs on the Sci Fi channel. Saw two episodes of Happy. Thanks, and wow, nothing from you, Mars. That's good. Season two. Wow, you get with the tires right here, Chad. Fuck you, guys. I watched that in the winter. Yeah, you know, I watched the fucking uh, weather channels. I watched the Olympics hot. from 1972. <laughs> yeah, good, yeah. Hey, Wolfie. Wolfie. Yes. yes. Uh, did you hear that uh, Iran is holding hostages? True. <laughs> 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 we have breaking news. Uh, Mars. Tonight, in 1976, John Denver will appear on The Muppet Show. <laughs> Raven Shadow will watch it on an old VHS tape. 
Speaking of fucking Muppet Show. Okay, great. Uh, I saw a clip. This is fucking topical. Um, <laughs> the motherfucker, Peter Sellers, on the fucking Muppet Show. Peter Sellers. Peter Sellers. <laughs> it's fucking dope. He was singing a song about whiskey and fucking cigarettes with the Muppets. It was fucking outrageous. Peter, Peter Sellers has been dead for nine years. So. Well, not back in 70 fucking whatever the fuck. He was uh, rocking the Muppet Show, singing about whiskey and, and, and drinking, and that was outrageous. Fucking put that on the fucking server. <laughs> did you say, did you say not outrageous? Is it, yeah, not outrageous. Yeah, well, Monster Zero's not here. I don't want to infect him. <laughs> but yeah, I did watch some old uh, Muppet, Muppet Show clips. Nice, perfect. Nice. How do I know? Well, it calms me down. Tonight, <laughs> controversy over Farrah Fawcett's 1976 Playboy spread. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll look at that too. <laughs> Does, uh, do Timeless. Corny. Yes. I have to talk about uh, bald people things. Are you listening? He uh, he was in the he is in the chat room. Yeah. I bought some cheap razors. The other day, like just because I I didn't have much hair. That, this isn't going to end well. Oh no! I fucking I, I look like I fought Abdul the Butcher. Look at that! Fucking <laughs> Jesus Christ! I Why would you buy cheap razors? I don't know. I didn't know. I fucking killed, fucked the hell out of my head. <laughs> I got to wear fucking a hat now. No. Afraid to let Pete. Afraid to. That's yeah, not good. No. Sometimes you get what you pay for. <laughs> I got well. I got like twenty five razors for two dollars. So I do yeah, really no. Like, like, you should return. Well, it. here's the thing: who would have known that cheaper razors would be sharper than good razors? Because as soon as I fucking did it, like I was like fucking bleeding, like I got shot, <laughs> like I hit an artery almost. And then I did made another cut, like another shave, and I was bleeding there, so I'm bleeding on top of my head, bleeding right here. And I Jesus make, Christ! Jesus Christ! I don't know how to make the cuts go away, and I got to. You look like Nick Nick fucking Gage. I know. I got to fucking. I'm no, I'm not where at. <clears throat> <laughs> I think Nick Gage is Nick Gage is that fucking guy from Halloween Havoc from Las Vegas, grown up in the Rey Mysterio match. <laughs> but you're like, yeah, I got I got an appointment this weekend. I can't have the fucking Scott up head. It's not good. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention. This well, I'll make this quick and we'll wrap this up. But um, did you guys see who the uh, the big um, the big guest at Rock and Chalk is going to be this year? Yes. So it can we knew, but we can announce now. It's a uh, the chin himself, Bruce Campbell, will be the the featured guest at Rock and Shock, and uh, we are ninety percent done with uh, being there right now. So nice. it's looking like uh, Trick or Treat Radio and the Deadites will be at Rock and Shock one more time. Yeah, so might be the, might be the last time that there is one to be at. Never know. You never know. Just like the Cove went away, you never know, right? Oh well, yeah. Can't wait, be, wait, even wait, if we way to go, Johnny. Even if we wanted to have a Dead Eye show, we couldn't have a Dead Eye show that weekend. <laughs> Well, not the Cove. There's nowhere else. There's clubs. There's not any clubs. Okay. Well, we got to play fucking Ralph's. No offense, Ralph's. But no, I don't like Ralph's, but there's other clubs. Ralph's not listening. <laughs> Ralph isn't listening. Sorry, Aries. <laughs> does, does, does Ralph <laughs> listen to Aries? For yeah. 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Newsflash. Ralph's dies. <laughs> Wait, Ralph's dead? <laughs> listening to Hanoi Rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, well. Let's uh let's end this. Let's go to let's end this. a commercial in just a few moments. But uh, if you guys want to help support the show, head over to trickortreatradio.com. Scroll down, look for the Amazon logo, click it, bring it right to Amazon, input our affiliate link. Everything you purchase in that session gets attributed to us. It doesn't cost you any extra, Raven Shadow. But it helps keep the lights on. So if you guys want to help support the show, that's the easiest and best way to do it because you're probably going to shop on Amazon anyway. So just use our yeah. link. 
And uh, we also have the Amazon store. If you just want to head right over to a URL and, and use the store, it's amazon.com slash shop slash the deadites. Uh, I typically try to keep it updated with, you know, with all the stuff that we talk about. So if you guys want to find any of the movies or any of the books or music that we are discussing, you can uh, typically head over there and find find uh, the main things that we discuss. And we also have a store right on com. You can buy the greatest hits, volumes one, two, and three of Trick or Treat Radio. There's also some some other downloadable content, some physical goods. So check that out. And there's also a donate button. If you would like to help support and just give us give us money, you can uh, click that PayPal donate button and put in any denomination you want, and all the money goes to helping to fund the show for hosting, website hosting, podcast hosting, uh, all that good stuff, paying for the new computer, rent at the studio, internet, lots of stuff. So if you guys want to help the sh- support, we would appreciate it. So now, Raven Shadow, you sit down to watch this movie, this one we've been anticipating uh, for a while. You sit down to watch Dragged Across Concrete. What do you do to prepare? Well, uh, I set a nice uh, comfy area. I like to get the pillows and the blankets. It's very nice and some jammy jams. And I start watching this on Sunday night. Uh, then I'll finish it. I may have... So it took you three days? I may have succumbed. Yeah, I was like, I oh, succumbed to, it's Sunday, so it's my last day before I, you know, am good on Monday. Uh, so I kind of succumbed to the, uh, to the demons a little bit. So I, I Nocturnal admissions? Yeah, well, I don't know what happened, but I didn't finish, so I had to rewatch it on Monday. And then I didn't realize, I kind of forgot a lot of stuff, so I had to watch it from the beginning. So I was kind of doing this like Hanukkah rules. I had to do this over the course of several days. Uh... Then I went to go finish it last night, which was Tuesday, and it came really close to the end. There's a bank scene, so I'm texting Johnny, who said, oh, I must be, I must be done. And <laughs> then Johnny communicated to me that I'm not even fucking close. <laughs> so then I'm like, all right, get through it, get through it, get through it. Wake up at fucking three in the morning, the movie's fucking over. So now, around five o'clock this morning... I then finished the movie. This is the story as long as the movie. Well, I mean, you got to find out. But I mean, all I know <laughs> is after the movie, before I went in the shower, you better believe I strapped on. Listening experience, you gotta check out Trick or Treat Radio. I don't want to be a barbell. What's up, y'all? It's me, the Yeti. 
telling all the ladies that they couldn't be more fine and that we should knock those boots like Frankenstein. When I want to get my nerd on, I go to Facebook and I go to the Trick or Treat Radio Facebook group. That's the place where I get to talk about all the hip new horror movies, all the cool comics, comics. RPGs, video games, you name it, we're talking about shit on there. You could not be any cooler if you were the coolest kid in school. Be the first kid on your block to swing that cock over at the Trick or Treat Radio Facebook group. Just go to Facebook, search for Trick or Treat Radio, ask to join, and it's like Nerd Nirvana, baby, without the shotgun blast. This is the Yeti, signing out. See you at the Trick or Treat Radio Facebook group. Follow us on Twitter, at the Dogs, thedeadites.com, uh, You're my new best friend. We're back on Trick or Treat Radio, and we're about to talk about this week's movie, Dragged Across Concrete. Now, this film is rated R. It is two hours and 39 minutes. It's a long one, folks. It is an action crime drama written and directed by S. Craig Zoller, and it stars Mel Gibson, Vince Vaughn, Michael Jai White, Laurie Holden, Don Johnson, Thomas Kretschmann, Justine Warrington, Udo Kier, Tori Kittles, and Jennifer Carpenter. The synopsis, once two overzealous cops get suspended from the force, they must delve into the criminal underworld to get their proper compensation. So this is, uh, as we've discussed, uh, another film from S. Craig Zoller and his previous films, were Bone Tomahawk and uh, Brawl in Cell Block 99, which both of which I think were unanimous hits for, for us. I think we, we love them. So we were really excited about this. And, you know, I think we I think actually when we did Brawl in Cell Block 99, we, we that's when we found out about this because we we're looking at at Zoller's filmography saw that there was a movie coming out called Dragged Across Concrete, which is very visceral and, and evokes a, a, some certainly some thoughts when you when you read the title or, or, or hear it. So we obviously were very excited and then seeing most of the cast I think I think got, got people excited. Maybe not all the cast Mars, but uh, some of the cast. And so yeah, so it just it just hit VOD this past Friday on March twenty second 
and it is uh, from from Cinestate, who once again had put out the previous films, and they're the the company that owns Fangoria now as well. So, uh, you know, pretty prolific with their films lately, and so we'll we'll dive a little bit into this. We'll just waiting for Raven Shadow to get back in here. Probably fucking killing himself with the cigarettes. Uh, let's see, there he is. So I don't, let's see if there's anyone else I missed in the cast. It's got a, like I said, pretty pretty you know well known cast for a you know mod, modest budget film. I don't know what the budget exactly was on this, but I can't imagine it was it was huge. It actually uh, it was the highest budget so far uh, for his films. Well, the, and that makes sense based on who's in it and and some of the stuff that happens in it. So, and the other thing I read was uh, Mel Gibson was a was a big factor in getting that budget for the picture. It probably makes sense. Look at you, Mister Research. I did, I did. I read a whole bunch of fucking articles. I was like fucking Batman in the Batcave. I was fucking <laughs> like like voice analyzing and doing all kinds of stuff. Voice analyzing. Yeah. <laughs> it's outrageous. It is outrageous. It was. The fact that you read anything about 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 the movie is outrageous. I read four articles today. So this this film probably has a little bit of a reputation that precedes it, especially if you've read any of the reviews. We'll get into this a little bit. I want to talk about the movie first and foremost, but I I saw some some reviews that said that this is a a racist film, that it is a let's see what it, what was what did it say here. That it was a right uh, a, a racist right wing fantasy. Uh, I've seen a lot of like really, you know, sort of like jarring things said about this flick. I've also seen a lot of good things said about it. And right now, it's holding steady on IMDb. Take that for whatever you whatever you want. Seven point four with forty four hundred ratings. So that's a pretty sizable amount of ratings for a straight-to-VOD flick, and that's a pretty high rating as well for for IMDb. It typically hangs around the averages around like five point five, I, I would imagine. So this is this is sitting you know sitting above uh, typical average score and you know a pretty high score, and you know so I guess we'll get a, probably a little bit more into the politics of it as as we go through, but. It's hard to ignore the fact that Mel Gibson is in this, and I know Marzi. You want to talk about this? I know you were a little unsure. You, you don't have to. You don't. Well, right now Sonata is uh, just about to polish off Goto. I think so. You're fucking watching wrestling. Yeah. Okay. No, I don't know. Uh, Why don't you just go in the other room? I didn't want to. I was going to leave, but then MZ left, and I felt bad. Um, I didn't even want to watch this movie for that reason. Like I am because so, Mel Gibson was in it. Yeah, because I'm so disappointed in him. He was one of my heroes growing up. Yep. Um, and I just think that every opportunity that, uh, you know, like it was to the point where I wanted to like not forgive him, but like like kind of like, uh, like Chris Evans and Tom Brady, right? I wanted to kind of let like I was wanted to to have enough space to let it slide, but he just yeah. fucking wouldn't keep yep. his fucking big dumb mouth shut. Well, I'm certainly not going to defend Mel Gibson at all. And whether you say something in public or whether you say something in public, you're still saying it. Um, But from what I understand, and and this is probably revisionist history, what I read, but it was his his ex or something like that that released the tapes. So they were personal conversations 
that she recorded and then released and then made he a big... He was being verbally abusive to her. Well, uh, let me just finish that point. It made a big profit off of from selling them. So, Good. yeah, I mean, that, that, it's just, just part of the story. So I I have no love lost for, for, for Mel Gibson for what he said. And, you know, he, he said what he said and it's shitty. And, you know, they're very anti-Semitic. He said some anti-Semitic and racist things. We don't need to revisit them, but... You know, pretty pretty shitty thing to do, and especially, you know, like, how do you expect to work with people after saying these things? You know, like, because you're going to work with the people that you're talking negatively about, you know? So, there did there was a passage of time. I think there was about five years where he didn't work, and then he got back into directing, and then he was in, I don't know if it was the first thing he did, but he did Machete, uh, the, the Machete sequel. Yeah, he played a character in that. So I don't know if that was the first thing he did, but it was one of the first things. And you know, he sensed. Uh, I think was it Hacksaw Ridge. I think was the movie he directed that did really well. It was that he was in the sequel to the um, Daddy's Home or whatever it was. Yeah, uh, he was like uh, Mark Wahlberg's dad. Yeah. So I mean, he he's sort of integrating a little bit, and I think I don't know if time has sort of like healed some wounds for people. Uh, I I don't think that he really apologized for it, as far as I recall. But it, it's that whole discussion of separating the art from the artist, right? Like, if you say something shitty, you know, that sucks. And it might make, it might affect the way people think about you. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, like look at how, like, how beloved H.P. Uh, Lovecraft was. Now, granted, I know this is a different time. This is the, you know, the, the early 19, 19, um, or, you know, 19th century and 20th century. And, you know, he said some. You know, he he was he was a racist racist man. Like H.P. Lovecraft in a was racist a, time. Like, let's quantify this. I know I said a lot. H.P. Lovecraft was racist for his times. Yes, which means yes, people who were one generation away from having slaves were like, oh, he's yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. Yeah, Howard. Like, it's pretty <laughs> outlandish things. Right, and and that's sort of what I mean. Like he. Even though it, a lot of that stuff was acceptable, racists thought he was like extra racist, you know. So <laughs> and but now he's typically looked at as a beloved writer because he he was so influential, you know. And Mel Gibson is very influential in terms of what he's done. And, both sides of the camera. Yeah, both sides of the camera. So it's really difficult because I I do respect him as an artist and I respect what he's done and some of his movies are fucking amazing. I didn't know he had that in him, you know, when he when he got into directing. Right. And he and he's and he's a good actor too. You know? And and I think we'll talk more about his performance in this, but it, you know, and I think that I think that Sinistate and S. Craig Zeller probably leaned a little bit into that, kind of you know, knowing especially the characters they were playing. You know, Vince Vaughn has sort of like been a little bit on the outside as well of of Hollywood lately for whatever reason. I don't know if he if he did or said anything, but you know, so I think that the casting in this was pretty spot on, especially given the real world, um, you know, analog of to to you know to what had gone on. And certain dialogue too in the film was uh, yeah very um yeah you know, on the nose. Now. I guess we'll broach this subject now because it's going to come up. So there were some pretty derogatory negative things said in this film. You know, especially Mel Gibson's character would be considered a racist. 
So would Don Johnson's character and probably even Vince Vaughn's to a lesser degree. And I almost turned it off after Don Johnson's monologue. Why why though? I'm I'm curious. Because I didn't it didn't feel like he was it didn't feel and, and, and maybe it's a maybe it's an uh uh symptomatic of not taking a stance and letting the character be the character, but I didn't feel like I was in a position where I should be disliking someone's political stance here. I felt like I was stuck in an elevator with my grampy. And I I I actually think that that's kind of the point. There's some bad fucking people in this movie. And they do do some deplorable shit. And this is a movie where there's really no redeeming characters. Maybe one sort of redeeming character. But it's... This is fucking... Like, Zowler loves horror. He grew up on horror. We know that he's such a horror mark. And I feel that he's exposing the horror of humans and real life. And I feel that that's a big part of this. It's not, I don't think it's a stance. I don't think he's taking a stance on it. And he's even said that if you look at his films, the politics are, 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 aren't the same in any of his films. Like he, he doesn't take, take a line and stick with it. He, he said that they don't even like, uh, the politics of the films don't even line up with themselves. Right. Exactly. We, we definitely read the same article because I know that someone shared it um, with us. But, which, you know, which just goes to show you, and I think it's just that he is showing how deplorable people can be because I don't, I don't want everything to match up with my viewpoint. Now, granted, you know, it is nice when, when people can sort of like relate and understand what, what I'm, you know, and, and to, to what I feel like that makes me feel good. But also like, I do want to see other aspects of things. And so that conversation that you're referring to Mars did make me sort of like, you know, like uh, grimace a little bit at, at it, but that's fucking how people are. Like we know people like that, you know, and it's, and it's, and it's scary, you know, and, and, and people haven't advanced or changed with the times. And that's one thing they refer to even like Don Johnson makes the, the, the comment that like being branded a racist now is like being a called a communist in the fifties, which is like totally that stance, but like, you know, worth mentioning, totally fucking stupid. Like, yeah. So, and I think that that, and that was my conflict, I guess we'll say, because I didn't, f- it didn't feel to me watching it, like there was just something that, I can't explain it, there was just something that made me feel <clears throat> uncomfortable and not, okay. yeah. like not, you know, like I didn't, it didn't, it didn't feel right. I, I get what you mean about the elevator. I mean, obviously not the politics, because the politics, I know anybody who says that that's the same thing and means it deserves to get punched in the throat, and I'll laugh at them when they choke on their own blood. Wait, wait, wait what do you mean by that? I don't, I don't understand. What it's you're... not the same as being branded a uh Well, it's, a, it's, a not, it's not the same thing, but it's, it's, it has the same outcome is what he's saying. Whether it's true or not, in the 50s, if you were called a communist... You were, you were. Yes, that, but that you was, were called a communist based on people saying it without uh, unfoundedly. You're called but, a racist generally because of something but, that actually. But, but he's, but he's, say, he's not saying whether he is a communist or not. 
Don't roll your eyes at me. I just did. Don't. <laughs> it's I'm, not- I'm, try- I'm trying to explain what he's saying. Whether it's true or not, the simple fact that someone can be called a communist and that, is, that sticks with the person, whether they are or not, is what he's saying. If someone walked up to you and called you a communist, that would stick with you, and not a communist, excuse me, a racist, that would stick with you, whether it's true or not. But the difference between the political allegory is that people used to just be able to be called a communist unfoundedly. Now yeah. people are generally labeled a racist because they in this day and age. That's yeah. crazy talk. It is Usually, not. Mel Gibson is it was labeled a racist. Lots of people were most people that are labeled a racist am, in the I public not, eye. I'm not arguing that he wasn't a racist and I'm not arguing that this character wasn't a racist. I am saying that that statement by the simple fact that someone can just say the words and it it locks you in. Let let, let me convey I've never I, I don't think you guys have even uh, heard about this story but Actually, maybe some of you have, but uh, I'll try to make it brief. But um, this is uh, sometime last year, and the apartment complex that that me and T Dog live in has a gym, and the uh, it's a small gym, and we're and like the gym that we normally go to was closed closing soon, so she ended up going down to the gym at our, our apartment complex, and try to make this long story short. Some dude got in her face because he, because he, she moved his water bottle off the bench because no one had touched that water bottle in thirty minutes. She thought someone else had left it, and she had her headphones on. She moved it. He came right up, got up in her face, yelling, "You do not fucking touch my shit! Don't touch my shit!" And it was a Poland Springs water bottle. It wasn't like a like like my like water, bottle water bottle here. Yeah, like a special okay. one. So she just assumed someone had left it behind, moved it. This dude flipped out, yelling in her face, like spitting on her. Then took took a uh, the water bottle, threw it against the wall, like literally in, an inch from her face. And she kept it cool. She didn't back down. She she was like stood up to the guy. And then he went back and went to his workout. And she texted me and told me what happened. I came down immediately, obviously. And also, she needed a spot, so I was going to spot her anyways. I told her to let me know. So I was there just kind of looking at the guy like, what the fuck, man? Like, you don't, you know, like, I wasn't going to cause any shit. That's not the way I do it. But then he got up in my face. He's like, I see you fucking flexing over there. What what do you got to say? You want to go outside? You want to go outside? I'm like, no. I'm just coming here because you threatened her, threw a water bottle at her, all this stuff. And it was... She did nothing at all. Just moved a water bottle off, off, you know, a, a weight bench. That's mm-hmm. it. And so, anyways, try to f- wrap this up. The next day, we went and told the office about what happened because she didn't feel safe going to the gym anymore. And he told them that that we were racist, that like we were a racist couple, and we like were talking shit to him because we were racist. Like, if if you guys if you guys know us like you right. know you, you, like you you know that that's not true, and we were appalled by by that. So it's we were branded a racist by this person, and now like you know the the people at our apartment apartment complex, the 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 leasing people there were saying you know like who I mean they know us, and I think they know that he was probably not being truthful. But to have that hurled at you is 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 difficult, you know. And so that really kind of affected us. And, you know, like, I understand this guy has probably been been through a lot and, and experienced a lot of that. So maybe it's just this reaction, like, where if someone talks down to someone, that that's, that's how it's viewed, you know. But in this case, that wasn't the case at all. It was someone who got in, in T-Dog's face, was yelling at her, threw something at her, threatened her. Of course I'm going to, you know, of course I'm going to react and, and be there. And, and Anyone would. Yeah. 
and so it it just it so that's just one conveying that story obviously that's but not what yeah you weren't uh it didn't like really affect your life right like you didn't go to you didn't go to no no it, i mean and thankfully it didn't but if no. that was some it could have you know like if that was something where it was on social what media I'm trying or, to say, or if i was yeah. somebody who like had a if they had said it on fame, social uh, if they had said it on social media it would have yeah. even affected you on the small term what I'm trying to say, and nobody listens to anything I fucking say around here anyway, except for you. But the reality is that the political allegory that Mel Gibson was saying, I mean, that Don Johnson was saying was broken. Because now, and they're using, they're, to put it even on the nose, they're using an instance where somebody got caught being racist and using police brutality. Now, yeah. when people usually get in trouble for being racist, it's because they're caught saying some fucking racist shit. Right. It's not because a group of people politically assassinated another people like they did in the 50s completely unfoundedly by just saying, you're a communist and you're a communist. People can say all sorts of things all the time, but it's not the same. Like What, what he's doing there is undermining the real problem by comparing it to a witch hunt. Which is what ends up happening, what happens with the Weinstein thing, where people say, oh, well, well now, uh, you know, now it's a witch hunt. Now, you know, anybody who, you know, looked at anybody's ass or anything like that, it's, but, it's well, a witch that, hunt. That is a, a true statement because people made false accusations against famous people. And instantly people thought they were, they were guilty just because the accusation was made. Aziz Asari was one of the victims of that. He went on a date with someone, tr- tried to sleep with her, God forbid, you know, on a date. She refused him. He walked away. And all of a sudden, he was being accused of, of uh, sexual assault. Yeah, and honestly, I hadn't heard that he that he didn't actually do it. I heard that he yeah. did, and I'd never heard anything else. Oh, yeah, so, no, that, yeah. that's because it was, so that's it was, why it was, it was kind damaging. of buried. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't um, Chris it was, Hardwick have a same, similar issue? Yeah, he did, yeah, same yeah. thing, yeah. But it was just, you know, these people, they can't even go on dates with people anymore because, right. God forbid, if they... <laughs> Say the wrong thing, they get accused of something, and it hits the media and blows up, and the truth never comes out. And yeah. another one that just happened was Jesse Smollett, the actor who who got beat up. Then it ended up being that he he that it was a hoax that he planned the whole thing, and now the case was dropped. So who the fuck knows? Like, I mean, I want to believe the victim. You know, when when someone says that this that they got beat up. And it was racially motivated. Of course, I mean he's he's a gay black man. Like that's like you know, like he's got a lot working against him in terms of society. So you want to believe him, but now that now that it was like thrown out of court, and I guess I guess the everything is 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 under lock and key. We just won't know. Now I would hope that he would be telling the truth, but it's at this point where we don't know. And really, it's the it's the the first narrative is typically the loudest one. And then if if it's cleared up after the fact that typically people typically don't care about that as much or it doesn't get as much, you know, I, I know we're we're really going off of what you said, Mars. It's not exactly what you said. We're just talking about just how damaging this. It, could it be. can be damaging, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like it, like the 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 problem is, is that uh, I don't, I just don't agree. I, well, some people, have, some people do get caught. I've got accused of. Listen, I've done a lot of bad shit in my life, and I'm I'm. 
not going to lie and say that I've been a good person or done good things more in my life. I've been a pirate and a terrible person my whole life. I've said inappropriate things to women. I've uh, hurt people physically. Uh, I've taken substances I shouldn't. I've said, I, I, I mean, just listen to early episodes. I've said things I oughtn't. Like, I'm not going to lie. But the reality is I've also been accused of things that I didn't do. And it was easy to accuse me of them because I was on... Uh, podcasts and on stage and, and doing things and saying things that you know would have probably just by my statements made it hold up if it came to it but the reality is that uh, there is unfortunately when you open a floodgate uh, for something that's overflowing like uh, the toxic misogynistic culture that we live in or the overbearing racist culture that we live in uh, it would be immature it would be uh, irresponsible to think that good people didn't get caught in the free fire that happened from the truth spilling out into the world uh, because we live in a world of profiteers and there were people who profited off the atrocities of Nazi Germany. There were people that profited off uh, the racism of early America. Uh, there were people who profited off the racism of the sixties. There were people who profited off the peace movement of the sixties. Uh, it would be, for every great movement in every uncovered uh, atrocity or bad habit that the I'll just talk about America that America has had there has been people or organizations or things that would profit from it whether it be through whether it be through getting exposure whether it be from getting uh, their agenda moved through it look at all the fucking assholes that tried to use every school shooting to put over their pro-gun stance. Yeah. So the reality is that you're right. That does happen. And I'm sure that there were fucking communists in the United States in the 50s that were real live, honest to goodness, uh, fucking Lenin-loving communists. Like, I bet they were. You know, or Paul or Ringo, right? But, uh. but the reality is that to say that any especially right now to say that the society's neighborhood watch policy on people's public racism and stuff like that. I just found out about a soap star today. A famous soap star today was on some live show and just fucking said like, oh, you're going to hear lots of ghetto sounds. People eat watermelon and, and stuff like that. That's not good. Like, uh, and then crying foul that like he was just making a funny. Like, uh, the reality of it is, is that there are five other people that somebody's going to try to make a buck out of saying that they're racist. There are five other people that somebody's going to make a buck out of saying that they're rapists. There are five other people 
that are going to make a buck trying to say that somebody is a crook or stole from them or whatever else. It would be irresponsible because we live in a we live in a world of profiteers. But to compare the second coming of the Salem witch trials, which is historically known to have been a fraud, right? This isn't a matter of most of these people were actually fucking communists. Wait, what do you mean fraud? Uh, listen, this wasn't a thing that most of these people were communists and their careers were ruined because they were communists okay. or people even or even because people called them communists. This was a that was not this. That was a concerted effort by third parties to use a hysterical mania as a political assassination. Mm-hmm. Right. That was profiteers. But there wasn't a problem. That's the fucking difference. That's well, why the political allegory doesn't work. No, the, no, no. Because I think you're missing what. The, what is underlying there? The the two of them don't think they're racist. Well, the this is this is the norm for them. They don't think they're bad people. No, no, no. They might think they're racist, but they don't think that's bad. No, well, the the the, the because they don't you know lynch you know every black person they see on the street. They're not a racist. They just they look down on the criminals and all the criminals are right. black. But I'm not racist. You you talk to any racist, any you know under the under the radar, just slightly racist person. I'm not racist, but I'm not going to go near that group of black people because I don't want to get robbed. They don't think they're racist. Yeah, that's it, the it, underlining tone it, there. It, there is there is definitely a a sense of sort of like not being self aware of people thinking they're not, but but deep down. They kind of there, are. There are different levels of racist in that that uh, the first few levels don't realize they're I, racist. I I disagree because I think that they are aware that they just fucking got on videotape on video handcuffing a Spanish beating, man to a yeah beating well, a suspect. Which I think that is. I mean, to get back to the what's actually happened in the film and in the first what first twenty minutes, Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn are are. Getting a suspect who is a drug dealer. The character is a. We know that as the audience, but he is a. He's a bad guy, um, and he's. I like the actor a lot. He was in Training Day, uh, in the first Fast and the Furious. I recognize his voice. Um, he's in the last Fast and Furious too, I think. Was he? Um, but yeah. So essentially, they're they're going in, and they do they do handcuff him to make sure that he's he's staying put because he has a woman in the house, um, and they're like, oh, does she have a gun? She have a weapon? No, man, she's a taser. Um, so they have to go in and investigate, do whatever they're doing. So they do. Well, he, he was a little him. aggressive. The well, no, he was the, standing, on his <laughs> head. standing on his neck. Yeah, well, I mean, and I'm not crunched. a fucking cop. Um, and, and then he handcuffed him in a very uncomfortable manner. You, you, you're right. You're not a cop, thankfully. The back of a Volkswagen. Um, so he goes in. So that's what was what was seen on 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 camera. Um, so I think that's what part of some what Don Johnson was saying. And yes, some of that stuff is 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 true. But the perception of the scene that. That scene, the public's going to have their own opinion from that. Yeah, right. there's no that's good. Not that what you're supposed there, to do? There's no good that can come from that because it's not right. It's not. That's not the. That's not protocol. It, even if you, if that's something you could do before camera phones were a thing, like you can't do it now. Like you can't do it anytime. Like you know, I understand. Like when you're a cop, like you want to subdue someone, yeah. you want to get answers, but 
like there is a there's protocol. Like you can't just fucking yeah. smash. I mean, this isn't Stasky and fucking Hutch either. You can't fucking crawl in their window. Be like, cool. but yeah, no, and then that's something they do say when they say that um, it was Mel Gibson's character that did it, and they have camera of Vince Vaughn's character kind of looking on and and smiling. And so it's a PR. Yeah, it's a PR fucking nightmare. For what? That's when they're suspended. They're suspended for what six weeks without pay. Uh, six weeks. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I mean, what they did, like. It, it it definitely warranted, you know, like that's something once it got on camera and, and was released to the public, like, yes, like something has to happen. Like they should have been held accountable regardless whether it was on camera or not. or not. But because it was filmed, obviously now there's repercussions. But that's and, the important part of what Don Johnson says. They're not in trouble because they did it. Right. They're in trouble because, because it got it filmed. Yeah. Right. There's no like... But that I, Mel Gibson's not the hero here. Like he's oh, not fighting from under. He's never like, the no, hero. No, he's he's a bad, bad person. In this but the movie. thing I love about this movie is that it shows, it shows the plight of of everyone. Whether you're a fucking bad person, whether you're like a misguided person. In in the case of, um, let me get his his name here, the character who's played by Tori Kittles, Henry Jones. Henry. Now. Henry, I, I won't talk about why he ended up in prison, but the beginning of the movie, he's getting out of prison. The reason he's in prison isn't because he's a necessarily a bad guy. Maybe he doesn't make great decisions, but he's not necessarily a bad guy, you know? So, you know, it, it is interesting to see the different sides of the coin here. And, you know, everyone in this is a fucking terrible person to to some degree. And it really is sort of this descent into, like, I don't, I don't want to call it hell, but like it's fucking madness. Like, it, like it just shows how like fucked up all these people are, and I think that's real life. Everyone's got their own like shit. Everyone, well, they're like, not Cobra Commander, right? There aren't any real no, just no. out and out hand ringy bad guys. They're oh, normal they're members few, of society. There are a few just bad guys. There's a couple. Yeah, of yeah. No, they, they, it, they, you know, the I, ones I, wearing gloves. They definitely are in this movie, but the, what I'm saying is that what I think what he's trying to show here is that this isn't a movie about like, this isn't even training day. This isn't a movie about like a cop who's like a supervillain. This is a movie about someone who's a bad person with bad personality traits but that doesn't mean he doesn't go home and love his wife that doesn't mean right, he doesn't right. go home like it's a nuanced thing it's not like he's a racist and he fucking beats the shit out of his kids and he does this that and the other thing he's a racist and he's hardwired to be a th- bully and he's a thief but it's not a one dimensional character right. and that's kind of I think the the strength uh, of this movie when it works and that's the thing what they make a plumber that he's he's pushing he's gonna be 60 years old in a week and he's been in the same role for however many years that life is gonna is gonna change you it's gonna turn you and it's gonna harden you and it's gonna it's gonna fuck you up a little bit when you see the darkness every day um whether you're a cop a a doctor hell even a fucking uh tow tow truck driver who sees the 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 worst of humanity it's gonna impact you yeah Um, but there's also like there's a part of that where you have to realize right that's called accountability yeah like you have to just understand like no matter what like i I don't know like i like i I hope you're not justifying like (laughs) the character because no he's a bad dude when when you see the worst in people every day 
You assume the worst out of people, but you can see the good given right. the opportunity. And he doesn't, uh, and you know, it's not spoiler, the, but he, he doesn't he, see any good. There's also some nuance there that I don't know if if, if was picked up on, uh, but like the reality is that he's missing in the same way that you guys write wrong or otherwise we're talking about not knowing that he's racist or not. There's probably a fucking reason why he's in the same spot. Right. Like he's missing, like he's bitter and blaming, you know, you can blame his reaction on, uh, just like the really ugly line that his wife blames on her, you know, her racistness on her environment. Uh, yeah, yeah. the, but the reality is that, there's probably a reason he's 60 years old and in the same spot. Because oh, he is a bully and a bad person. And the higher profile policeman you are, the higher profile fuck-ups you have when you think. He's missing that. He's feeling like he's being held down by these societal changes and stuff like that. And because the world is changing. But the reality is he's being held down because he can't change. Because he can't right. evolve. He's right. a fucking dinosaur. Yeah. Like, regardless of what he thinks, there are a lot of people... I know a lot of policemen, and the reality is that none of, not many, well, some of them are in their 50s, but the reality is that they see the dark side of things every single day. Uh, you know, one of my dearest friends is an uh, inner city policeman at a fucking school. You'd think that that would be like a fucking nice cherry job, right? But the reality is he fucking all the time would rather be out in the fucking street because he sees the fucking worst shit that you'd ever see ever. And... Uh, you know, he looks like a Marine because he was, but if you only ever talked to him, you would think that he was a fucking school teacher himself. Uh, you can stare darkness in the face. Uh, one of my favorite quotes of all time, and, and I'll leave this thing here, but it's very important, and it's why Mel Gibson's character is so broken because he's making excuses, he's blaming his environment on his own shortcomings, is that uh, the most important part of fighting monsters is not becoming a monster. Yep. And Mel Gibson, uh, you know, that character, it and maybe did. Mel Gibson for real, uh, <laughs> yeah. like, was and, unable to, to do that. And he may have, maybe he wasn't always a monster, but he allowed it to turn turn him into one, you know, and didn't change with the times. Like, that's there, there's a lot that is being said about society in this without really shoving in your face you know it's there but it's not you know like you know and that's the thing that that i kind of enjoyed about this while it was kind of tough at times to listen to some of the dialogue it it's it it doesn't sugarcoat and it doesn't take a side necessarily i've i've seen people say that they think it does because just because as Craig Zeller hired Mel Gibson he gave him this role he knew what he was doing he's trolling people like like I just don't think that that's the case. I think that he is leaning into the casting and this character by casting Mel Gibson in it. And obviously Mel Gibson took it, you know. So he he he's got to understand that, you know, like he know he he's got to have some self-awareness of what of what people think of him and how that this could affect his career moving forward. It's not going to help, you know. But I I will say I loved his performance in this and you know he's not he's not the greatest guy in the world obviously but i thought he was really fucking good in this and i love the dynamic between brett and uh brett ridgeway which is mel gibson's character and anthony played by vince vaughn I, I i just thought the dynamic between them is so good and because this movie is 
two hours and 39 minutes, there's a lot of room to breathe with these characters. And the best example is that fucking egg salad sandwich. <laughs> like, literally, Vince Vaughn was eating a sandwich for a minute yeah. on screen. Like, and I just thought it was brilliant. And then after he was like, what, he, what did Mel Gibson's character say after that? A, a red ant could have eaten that sandwich <laughs> faster. <laughs> and it just was like this brilliant moment of, of levity for this like ridiculous scene. So I think this film most of the time doesn't take a side. No, it doesn't. But I do feel that there were some missteps in that thesis. I think the abuse of the uh, disabled girl was played for laughs. There, well, yes, and that's one. That's one other thing. And also, we'll say uh, one character. I won't say who, but one character in this that you. you <laughs> She's not on screen very long, gets, you know, like mistreated oh. pretty pretty poorly. Uh, yeah. And it's pretty rough. And I, I've also seen that. I've seen people say that Zaller, his, that he is deplorable to women in his movies. And that may be the case. But I, don't, I mean, I would like to think that it's not a concerted effort to be like horrible to the, to the, to the female characters in the film. But to show... That this happens. Like, most women have to deal with this shit in their life. Like, obviously not getting shot, but I mean, like, you know, like, dealing with all this bullshit of, like, being being marginalized and to be being exploited. And I feel that that's just kind of a part of it. And, and Zaller is a big fan of exploitation films as well. So I think he's taking cues from that and just showing the shitty side of the world. Can we talk about Jennifer Carpenter for a minute? Sure. I just, yeah, I just don't want to talk about her role too much about it because right. it's not well, super spoilery, but. Shouldn't be in the movie at all. Why not? Because we can't talk about it. So so there's no, I mean, but like the reality is that like take that whole thing out in your movie, which I think is running fat uh, at that point anyway, um, is less 10 to 15 minutes. I, I do think that the scene could have had that ha- same thing happen and not had unnecessary exposition. Sure. And, and I, I could see what you're saying, but for me, that, that worked in, in, in other ways. And so we have these, I don't know what we want to call the, um, the, the, the dudes with the ski masks and the gloves and the suits and everything. But if you look at this movie, the only ones who, these guys were not conflicted. Like, they, they were doing this thing and they knew what they were doing whereas everyone else had some kind of inner conflict you know about what they're doing whether what they're doing is right or wrong and so i think it it just showed like if you use that as as sort of a a guide of like okay these are the bad fucking dudes like these do these dudes do not give a fuck about anyone about human life about anything and then you have on the other side we have these other parties that are involved that you know, like maybe they're misguided or maybe they're kind of bad people, but at the heart of it, they're they mean well. You know, they're not necessarily villains or or, or bad dudes, but they just have parts of them that aren't great. You know, so I, I just thought that that was an in, in, interesting juxtaposition to have the bad fucking dudes and then the parties on kind of right. either side of them, just to kind of like highlight you know the differences between them. You know. 
I don't necessarily think what's his name was. Uh, I mean, what do you mean? He was a getaway name? driver, right? So he was a was a bad Michael Jai White. Well, Michael Jai White was the facilitator of it, so maybe he was a, a worse guy. Like the motives of uh, of that one character. I forget the character's name. Um, were truly noble, right? And I think you know he talk, to, we're talking about Henry Johnson. Henry Johnson, right? thank yep, you. Yep. He was trying to get his family and his handicapped brother to a better place. They were certainly yeah, absolutely. There's yep. an argument to be made that that is noble, um, but where this movie fucks up of no fault of its own is that that character was in such proximity to. And he, he makes no excuses. He makes no bones about what he is. You know what I mean? There's not like he's he's thinking, you know, regardless of why he's doing it. It's not from a thing. But the effectiveness of the vileness of those other characters, of everyone else, and, and maybe that's the point of this movie, made him almost the good guy. No, I would totally agree with that, especially because he just had bad decisions. He didn't necessarily do anything evil or wrong, he just made really poor decisions. Yeah, I mean, there's something. I mean, but we all do, right? <laughs> I mean, there's a difference between evil and legal. Yes, right? yes. Especially in today's society, that's important to. Yep. You know where. And I think that not not that the not that the ending is going to redeem other things that happened, but I think when you look at the totality of this film, I think it does say something. You know, it, without giving anything away, I don't want to spoil anything, but I think it does say something when you watch the movie in totality and you have the whole thing laid out in front of you, I think it does say, you know, what these guys did wasn't necessarily right. And, you know, so I I think that in, when you look at it like that, I think that, that, you know, it does have something to say about it, but it's not putting it in your face necessarily, you know. There's a great line delivery in this, uh, and I won't say what it's about, but the character says, my word is good. My word is good. Yeah. Where I, you can actually tell that like he's yep. legitimately hurt that he didn't believe him. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's like legitimately like, you know, like not necessarily that he cared or put a value on this person. Yep. But the fact that he didn't have to do what he ended up having to do uh, that you could tell really like bothered him. You know what I mean? It's a brilliant yeah. line delivery. Yeah. Uh, you know. Well, I think that's mainly because he thought he was getting through to this character before that point. Right. Yeah. Well, I think I think that the, yeah, like I, I think that I, I think that like he just doesn't like uh, they're from two different places. He comes from a place where people have nothing, and all they have is what they their word, they, their, their yeah. word and honor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, so the fact that someone devalues that to the point where they would try to hijack the situation yeah. is like an affront, you know, in a weird social moray to have in such a ludicrous situation. But it's a really poignant line. It's really puts a point on how important uh, this character's code is. And the reason mm-hmm. this character's code exists is this character went to jail for his code. Yeah. And the, he served his time. Right. And he served his time and he came out and he... 
taking care of his family's pirate's code. So he was going to do the totally wrong thing to do that. Yeah. Like the means to an end is the important thing to this person because what he says he's going to do is what he's going to do. Not necessarily him being able to have the foresight, hindsight, or any other kind of sight to see how that he that what the ramifications are if it's the right thing doing it. Which another character, this Michael Jai White, one of my favorites. Hmm. Uh, Biscuit was his yeah, character. I didn't recognize him. What an incredible! Um, well, it's funny that you say that because I knew it was him. But he was, I, I mean, I saw him as Michael J. fucking White. I, so on Michael J. White, like, he wasn't like the... the. He was Michael J. No, White. No, yeah, this. Fucking, yeah. well, I know that, but normally no, 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 no. more action... I mean, the White part. Yeah. That was, yeah. That, that was brilliant. That was yeah. fucking brilliant. But he... But he, um, they can't hear through your eye. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm trying to think of what to say, like he, like without sounding derogatory, because... Mr. White, I have almost all of your films. Like I own almost everything <laughs> I you did. He, I, I don't think he's listening. Yeah, I, 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 fu- Thanks, I, Mars. I, 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 I fucking adore you, right? Yeah. Uh, but he was acting so much better that, like, I started to wonder if I was wrong, and it wasn't Michael <laughs> Chow. He, he was really good in this. Like, oh, it was just incredibly like a yeah. nuanced performance. And no effect, Spence. That's not what I was getting out of the undisputed <laughs> franchise. <laughs> no, no, not trying to. Pick another fight with you, but oh I don't. Boy, here we go. Yeah, I don't 100 percent agree with the with your previous statement about the what you were saying. I forget what 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 you initiated. Well, that's with. important. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I realized halfway through my statement, I realized I, I didn't know what you were what you remembered what you said with the um, him feeling feeling betrayed because he wasn't believed, mm-hmm. um, simply because he didn't. Follow through with his re- with the request makes me believe that he wasn't a hundred percent on board with it. Because if he did, if he who, who was it, Henry Johns, who who was upset about? I I, I, I can't remember character names or actor names. Um, it was Henry. Well, he, yeah, Henry and Henry or Mel this, Gibson. Not Mel Gibson. Not Mel Gibson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Because that character, he could have just very easily done what was requested of him, and everything would have gone away. Well, one of those motherfuckers was standing on some dude's neck early in the week on TV. Like, but, why but, would well, you not protect yourself from that guy? Well, he said he wasn't going to do anything with it. He, he wasn't unless he had to. That's what he said. Right. It, he, yeah, exactly. He, he did well, well, He did well, as leverage, basically. Yeah. 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 But it was just that whole that it, it wasn't 100% that he was... Well, and the other thing him, is, yeah. is 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 Brett Mel Gibson's character. He obviously didn't believe him because of how he felt, right? Oh, yeah. So well, I mean, there, there was it. yeah, there was uh, always that distrust. There. It wasn't just one sided. Yeah. distrust. It but was distrust both I, sides. I think what Mars somebody said, though, had a reason is, to distrust the other one, though. I, yeah, and I think what Mars said is a good point. I think that that was a very nuanced, very well delivered like. Line. Oh yeah, no, no, no. That's why I, I didn't say I, it wasn't a hundred percent. Like I just, I'm not with you 100. percent No, no, I mean, yeah, I just have that little bit. That it's was, fine. That was all. And again, I'm not saying that his his beliefs make him. Uh, I'm not tricked that he's Robin Hood. You know, he could have gone down to the corner grocery and yeah, and, yeah, and got a job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he also did pull up guns too uh, in in the crime sequence. He was involved in in some shit that people were killed. He wasn't. He pulled the gun out of that out of the guards' holster. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Henry's character. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, push came to shove. He might have had to pull that trigger. He opened fire on cops. I mean, we've, we've seen a lot of films over the years in, our, in, our, in the show and personal life. We've seen morally flawed and bad characters. When did he shoot at cops? He shot, he shot at Mel Gibson, who is a cop. Yeah, but they didn't, know, pulled, they didn't know identify themselves yeah, as policemen. He pulled the gun out in the, in the bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the first one that was in. He knew he was a cop. Yeah, he did because he saw him on TV. But this was after. Oh, oh, oh you're right, you're right. This, he, he, it was after he identified that he knew. He, but yeah, he knew all that's right because he knew because they, they, he was being followed. So yeah, right. yeah, he was filming him. Too. Okay, you're right. Yeah, and I mean, like, and, and to be Mel Gibson's point to anyone's point, you can't have someone have that on you hanging over your head. You just can't. So you have to. You have to do that. Well, uh, and there's no. I understand no both points of view. But like, like I understand both points of view. Yeah, don't stand on somebody's neck though on a on a fire escape. And no, no, no. no. I'm talking stop. specifically about the, about the scene with Henry Johns and Brett. Like I understand both. I, like I, no matter who I was, I wouldn't have trusted the other. Like right. in that in that scenario. I mean, but my, what Mars is saying is that, like as the movie plays out, we see that Henry, what he has is his word, and he never, and he 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 goes with it. He doesn't. Turn turn his you know like he doesn't turn on his word like and that's one thing that that you know Brett doesn't know at the time you know but I I just thought that that was a really that line when he said you know when he said when he was disappointed that he didn't trust him it's because that's his thing like that he right. he has his word and that's all he has that's so, why he's here his word yeah and yeah. I mean granted Mel Gibson's life would have been done if that video got out but like again. Uh, what's like you know like it's again short-sightedness by that character Mel Gibson knew he was now on video shooting a like a woman a civilian right but the reality that Mel Gibson wasn't smart enough to see is why the fuck was he there in the first place that's what would have fucked him over Mm -hmm. like like he's not even that character uh, is presented very charmingly, but if you're, you're there's a subtext there that he's a fucking dummy. He's like a dummy that never succeeded because he was late. He was a bully. He took the short way. In the minute he got in trouble for what he did, you think that's the first time that he did a fucking uh, right, right. that he did a, a a fucking crime. He had a fucking crime contact that he knew right <laughs> right to go to. He had you know so. Like he couldn't see the well, forest. That's, yeah. that's because he 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 did a favor for him. Right. Like, he, right, yeah. he he let you know his son. Yeah, go and he held it. So. Yeah, that was his. That was his yeah. to redeem his right. uh, his golden ticket. So yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's yeah. not an uncommon thing. No, you know, good cop, bad cop. They they know criminals that they can talk to. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's an important part of the. You know, it's the lesser evil. You know what I mean? Like, but the the you know, if you get a drug dealer to to put a kid rapist away like I, like I don't know many people who wouldn't say that that wasn't a, a fair trade you know but the difference between those two characters I feel like you can't uh, you can't sympathize at any point for Mel Gibson in this movie like the, he is he is irredeemable like the only he's time- doing the bare minimum he's providing for his family and he's acting like he's a fucking martyr for it. Well, the only time was when he went home, and, and we did see that Lori Holden's character has MS, and his daughter like keeps getting, you know, kind of assaulted, not not like beat up, but being picked on basically bullied, yeah. and bullied. Yeah, and so you can feel for him like that sucks. I felt for them, right, right. 
you know, and he's trying to do, but yeah, he's not a good person. He doesn't make good decisions and, and he should be the character like Don Johnson behind the desk, not in front of it, but he doesn't learn no. and he doesn't change with the times, you know? So he's just, he's just I mean, I don't know. Like I, I'm not, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I don't have MS, uh, but I never one time fucking stole from anybody or stood on anybody's neck. Always a bully to anybody. Like, I don't know that. Uh, I, are you sure about that? <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> you, I think you've been a bully to everyone in this room at some nah, point in time. You all deserve it. <laughs> but the, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mel Gibson, okay, yeah, thanks. Yeah. But, the, but the reality Mark is... Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> but the reality is that, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't, like, uh, he's... You can feel sympathy for them. You should feel sympathy for them that that's their provider. But and the reason that they're in a lot of the situations that they probably are is that they're with somebody who works for 60 years you know, who works to the point that they're 60 at the same job. Uh, is well, no, no, because that job, if they're, they're in that predicament because his wife can't work, right. which yeah, his yeah. job, doesn't help. in addition to another well-paying job, is enough for a family of three to survive. Sure. But now they're stuck in, in the, the... That's fair. Yep, that's in fair. this neighborhood, which their daughter is being bullied because she's white. So mm-hmm. they're seeing the racist aspect on that aspect on that end of it so there that's just in enhancing their racism right i mean and, they, but i mean it's as long as we're square on the fact that why they're racist doesn't make them not racist. oh no 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 yeah. no, no because they they he was right at, at the very least he was racist well before this sure he's but probably this is just adding to the fire and know. regardless of regardless of right wrong or indifferent that line if your wife t- says that line to you um, the line of if we have this conversation uh, to a, a rape counselor is going to be is a moving fucking line. Whether it's com- wherever that's coming from, it's something that that Mel Gibson is going to it's going to fuck with your head um, and it's going to scare you. Um, whether you have justification for the fear or not, it's something that's going to stick with you. Um, once again, in terms of all the films we've seen, and, and are these the most deplorable characters? I don't think these are the most fucking deplorable characters we've ever fucking watched in a film. Uh, Monster Zero could name off fucking a hundred fucking psychopaths if he was here. Maybe a million. Probably a million. Um, making that list now. But these um, were the most real. Yeah, and and that's scary <laughs> because this was a very real. I mean, you can't fucking compare Mel Gibson in this movie to. Fucking robot Hitler in another movie, right? right like right. it's or not Freddy Krueger, or yeah. you know. No, but it's not what I'm doing. It's not what I'm doing. Yeah, but at his core, he just wanted to protect his wife and and, right. and daughter. But that's, that's what everybody the, wants to do. Yeah. That's the fucking yeah. bare oh, minimum. Yeah. That's the thing is, that's, there's a lot of gray area in this. It's right. not black and white. It's not right. And and uh, you know, I, I just it's not cut and dry. It's like okay, yes, like he wants to protect his family. He's a he's a a, a racist. He's not a good person. But it it. He still wants to care for his family, you know, like there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, there are a lot of other things wrong with him. I, I, I don't want to get too hung up on this because we've already been talking for an hour. Not th- yeah. I, I think it's a great discussion and I think we could continue to go. But I do want to talk more about the actual technical aspects of the movie and kind of what we thought more thing, about it. Yeah, Mars. You can call me a bully if you want. But the reality is I've never used it to benefit me. I never stole from you. Uh, like I never made it. Like if I'm mean, and I've never. I, said I was that, just kidding. I'm yeah, not, but like, well, he's not. He's the, and, and he's afraid of me all the time. You can tell. <laughs> but like, <laughs> so you, are you rationalizing <laughs> Mel Gibson? No. <laughs> the, the reality. No. What I'm saying is that 
I had a pretty fucking bad time, and I never stole from one person. Never one time. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't steal from anybody. I never blamed anybody for my bad time. I never, you know, when I lose my house in a, you know, in a couple of weeks or I'm sleeping on someone's couch, it, I, I never, I'm not going to fucking go think that it's justification to steal some drug money and kill some people. Like, it, like there's no, like, that's how people get, that's how we get into the place that we are. Well, all the, I mean, all, well, the, sorry, all the characters in this thought stealing would make their lives better. Right. But yeah, also, well, I mean, not trying to except you know, for maybe Vince Vaughn at first. I think yeah. he was. I think blindly, he was Vince Vaughn. He was. He was. And again, everyone's no one's no one's motivation holds any water, right? But Vince Vaughn, I think his fault that he was loyal to somebody who maybe didn't deserve it. Yeah, right. And he got. He so, got so he saw the brass ring of having his his getting the ring for his fiance, right. Samaria, who was she was black. His fiance was was. Yeah. Um, You're just not talking into it yeah. directly. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got lost. So yeah, just move it right back to where it was. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah. I can hear you. I'll do it. Fucking you got to talk right into the fucking center of it's it. Okay. Better when I do it. Sorry. <laughs> lost where we were going. What were you saying, Aries? Um. Yeah, I forgot where I was. Going. <laughs> I, well, you know, I mean, not to not to downplay anyone's situation or to try to have a um justification for these characters but these characters are below i mean they already lost their house they they lost their 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 yeah, their, yeah. their good life they're they're where everyone doesn't want to be well I'll tell you You're what when i henry get, johns yeah don because johnson yeah the, no not don johnson bell gibson mel gibson yeah yeah excuse me mel gibson oh okay okay yeah uh, well, I'll tell you if I get there after everything gets real bad. If Raven Shadow and I go pull a fucking heist, then. <laughs> but for the fucking time being, we never fucking. I never stole from one person. Is what I'm saying. In, I, I mean, at this at the end of the day, I know some people who are in as bad or worse shape as those people. They never. But, stole uh, well, from I mean, anybody. but you know what? You 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 take away the the racist aspect of that character, and he's he just he, he beats up criminals. He he. Granted, that's not the best thing in the world, but that's not the worst thing in the world. Did you make the line? If it's a matter of someone who puts drugs in in schools, this is not a good guy. Yeah, well, it, I'm not saying he's a good guy, is, but is I'm violence? not saying you know he's he's not just walking around just shooting people right. randomly. No, right. This dude, and when he went to they went to go in the fucking room with the girl, um, who they bullied. Well, she had a fucking gun. On she her, had a and, taser. And she had a gun. They found a gun. That the dude said she had a taser. They pulled the gun out of her bag. He made the comment. Vince Vaughn was he like, did. "Gun." Yeah. They so found the gun in back. Yes. Are they gonna Are they gonna bully anybody in that situation? I believe they would. Um, this is a naked girl. She couldn't like. Yeah. They, oh, she yeah. had nowhere no, to no, put no. a gun. They, yeah, she had Grinch, the purse. Yeah. She had the purse. They took it from her. They should have let her cover herself up. They should have handcuffed her and brought her to the They should have maybe not fucking put cold water on her and dragged her out to the cold. Correct. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but this is the craziest fucking conversation that we've ever had on the show. We've had some fucking <laughs> no, crazy conversations. Yeah, it is. You're telling me that two grown fucking men, right, that Mad Max and the dude that beat up a car in the last Zaller movie, <laughs> right, like, are going to, like, you know, like, I'm not saying it's not a dangerous situation. But I'm saying that they went and got her in the fucking shower, naked, away from her purse. He he found her purse somewhere else. That's next, important to say. To her. They next cut. To her. She she didn't have her purse in the shower. They brought her out. Uh, Vince Vaughn already had her purse because he threw it to her. 
Did you watch the movie? I did, but the reality is that she, they were, had started bullying her before she had the purse. No, be- they, they you didn't fucking, watch the they, movie. No, they, they did bully her. They, they did they bully, they did bully her. You got, did her. Did they bully her or did they not? Because you just said they didn't bully her. And Col- then he said they no, did. No, and you said, you said they, they did. Her. Listen, yeah. they did they bully her before her. they got the purse. No. They bullied her in the fucking shower. They, they turned they, the fucking cold shower on. After they found the purse. I thought it was the first thing they did. No, no he walked no. in and found her in the shower. Found her, found her naked, about to get in the shower. Right. Found her purse, threw the purse. Determined there was a gun in there, turned the cold water on, brought her out, then proceeded to bully her. Whether there was a gun or not, they were going to do that. Yeah, why did, why did, like, but they had the gun. No, 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 because he was about to give her a shirt to cover up. Yeah. This was an afterthought. So they had the gun. Yes. I'm the, you know what? You accuse everyone else of no, not but listening, I'm saying, but you don't listen to No, but to they what have the saying. gun. She's a small little woman. Yes, they bullied her. Right. So... Th- so you don't listen to anyone else when you talk. So you don't think that a. So you think that that was the way to do? No. Then what did you? Fi- I don't understand your point. Because you didn't I don't listen. listen. I do because you talk in circles and circles. I don't talk in circles. circles. You talk. In you circles. said they didn't bully her, and then Wolfie said, "Yes, you did." I don't no. yell. And into then the Wolfie mic. said, "They bullied her," and you said, they "Yes, they bullied her." her. You're, you're a, you're a singer. You should know to pull the mic away when when you get louder. This is why I want to stay home. So you don't go. listen. I said they didn't bully her until after they found the purse. But that's not the right thing to. I didn't do. say it was Je- the right Jesse thing to do. Jesse G says she took the purse into the shower. Mel's character took it from her and threw it to Vaughn. I misremember that, yes. but it's still not the right thing to do. I'm sorry that it holds you guys as uh, these guys are good guys. I'm sorry, I was wrong. <laughs> no. See, well, you would, you, you're too. Well, he's sticking too, up for him every time. No, I'm you're having a conversation. If, you, on one thing, if you you're on the dark side, Raven Shadow, you see dark side things. Like that's uh, what Eddie. Well, that's what Eddie. That's what Eddie and the Cruises said. That's true. Well, that's good. <laughs> so yeah. So the, the litmus test is as long as you don't steal from anybody, then that's okay to do. Right, you can do anything. No, bad, no, that's not. Steal. We said all along that everyone in this movie was bad, right, but I don't think right, that Mel, right. Mel Gibson. Let's I, move on. I, I was trying to. No, Mel Gibson's character I, I is deplorable, and there is no defense for this character. Jesse G says they're still terrible. Yes, they yeah. they were they were terrible. No matter what, they were terrible. All right, so I did want to talk a little bit more about the actual sort of like just you know impressions of this movie. We've been we've been talking about some of the themes, but uh, I do one thing. I, I, I did love how uncompromising this film was, not just in the content. I mean, it's two hours and 40 minutes. Yeah. It was allowed to breathe and tell a story, and I think it really benefited from that, getting these little character bits like the fucking egg, sa- egg salad sandwich, right. you know, little things like that. Like, I was, my eyes were glued to the screen for every fucking minute. Like, I literally thought that I was going to watch it in two sittings because it was so long. And I was like exhausted when I started it, but I was I was in I was hooked right until the very end, and and I I just was captivated. I couldn't turn away, I couldn't look away. I agree with you in part. I like that it exists, and I like that it's not. I love that it's not compromising. I love that this art exists because that's the thing is you're not going to get a lot of this, especially in Hollywood. No. When when you have a huge budget, when you have a big studio behind you, they are gonna like look at this and say, "No, we need to cut an hour. Uh, we need to cut all this fucking character shit out. Like get get rid of that. Like just tell the story. Get all this you know this perceived racist stuff out of there." You couldn't make this in in, in many other circumstances. Like if this movie was ninety minutes, it wouldn't have been good. 
or at least it wouldn't have been able to tell the the whole story and and to let it sort of breathe and to, to I think it was running fat personally like like I do I, I, I could do I would not cut one minute from this movie yeah I don't know I'm not gonna uh, like I love this guy and I love where it came from but I'm not gonna suck its dick like this movie was definitely why, flawed. why is me liking a movie sucking its dick I'm not saying that it is for you I'm saying I'm not I'm saying well, that I'm not I'm then. not I'm I saying that I'm doing it I'm but. saying that I, I don't think that this was this now this is, movie is better than 95% of the movies that is out probably out right now. And this movie is better than 95% of the movies that we'll see. But this is his worst film, I think. Uh, his other films, even even Assault was, uh, Brawl rather, was long. And like... Well, the I, other two I, were the same length, two I, hours and 12 minutes. I remember least. saying that if Brawl flirted with uh, going off the tracks a few times, but like managed to like keep its course like I do feel like this had for every great scene that it had like the scene where you're talking about the egg salad sandwich or the scene where they're reminiscing about the dinosaur cake like I think there were whole parts in this movie that um, didn't need to exist and if you did make the running time as long you could have spent more time with his daughter situation or you could have spent more time I think with some other things. I think there was a couple things in this movie that were literally made. I'm not sure why they were made. I'm not Zaller, but they felt to me like they were made to either put someone in that they wanted in the movie or have a cheap pop. Uh, you know, so I think that this movie does run, uh, doesn't work 100%. But what works works exemplary. One thing I was going to mention in the chat room, we've, we've been so dis- discussing it so much, uh, Oily Maniac is hanging out. There you go. So we haven't heard from Oily in a while. Oh, Good to see you, bud. And um, let's see. Jesse G says, I thought this movie was hot garbage with small moments of goodness. So probably not going the box. Bad. What's that, Ruben Joe? Probably not going to be on the box. <laughs> no, I don't think that will be on the box. Probably. I didn't think. It, I didn't think it was that. I. I, I don't. I don't. I. I think this is his most. Well, polarizing. it's hard to say. It's hard, well, yes, I, I. I would say that, but that's not what I was going to say. But it, it's hard to say because this is the most recent one I've seen, and I. I haven't seen either of the others since we discussed them. So I didn't. I haven't done a rewatch of either one, but. I would say that this is the most realized film in terms of like beginning to end. Like I think everything just worked in this. Now, Bone Tomahawk is is pretty much uh, perfect. Uh, pretty much, pr- yeah, like genius. And I think w- rewatching that, I might feel differently. I, m- I might feel that maybe that is. But at the time, I didn't know who S. Craig Zeller was. I didn't know who this fucking dude was. I didn't know what he was trying to do. And for me, some of that dragged a little bit because I didn't know what, what to expect. I guess right. once I have that under my belt, though, yeah. you know, and then watching Brawl and Subblock 99, there was actually probably more action in that than I expected, which I, I appreciated some of those fucking fight scenes. They were fucking brutal. And in this, there was actually less action, yeah. but you do get those moments of brutality. And this is Mars, as we talk about, like kind of like, uh, like Refn or... Yeah. Who, who are some of these other directors that we talk about that have these like 
just fucking like guttural, like visceral moments of violence. Uh, I always forget his name. The guy who made Green Room and uh, oh, Jeremy Solomon. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And there's another one we did recently that I think uh, did the same thing. But yeah, there, and and I, I just love. I mean, these are fans of horror. You can tell that they grew up loving horror, and these are. This is not a horror film at all. But there's moments of fucking mm-hmm. disgusting gore, and we know that that he, that S. Craig Zeller loves Brian Pollen. You know our yeah, friend yeah. Brian Pollen. He he orders all his movies, and we we know that he loves them. Yeah. So you can see the influence, and and there are moments there, that moment. I don't want to say too much, but uh, with the key, that was pretty fucking brutal. In real look. He had looked it looked pretty disgusting and, and real. This is the first time we've seen him with this like I mean he had guns obviously in Bone Tomahawk, but with like the high powered weapons. Yeah, yeah. This know? is yeah. There's only that one that really that one the dock scene in uh, yeah in uh, brawl and in, and in brawl yeah exactly and in oh, brawl right. it was it was fists yeah, it was fisticuffs right. in brawl it was also shot in a weird way because it was kind of from Vince Vaughn's point of view so like the the gunplay was almost always far off in that like this was definitely I I, I think another weird credit to this movie that you don't see a lot I think and I know Monster Zero would probably argue with me I think in the same way that I would argue that Get Out is a horror movie I think that this is a horror movie I think that there's nothing more horrible than this like it might not be a horrible movie horror movie in the trappings that people want to like put a horror movie in but this is a horror movie showing the ugliness of uh uh like, you yeah. know, of the humans. I, I can get with that, and and I do agree. I, I do think that we do sort of get, as you mentioned, Mars, we get to see how the monster's made or, or you know, yeah. kind of behind the scenes of the monster. And so I will agree that, that, that this does have um, elements of it. I think at its heart it is sort of a crime drama sure, thriller. Sure. But, yes, there are very, very definitive moments of horror. I think a, a, a real... Uh, I think a thing, and I think Aries was touching upon this a little bit before, maybe Raven Shadow, that one of the things that makes this movie kind of weird, uh, my words, not theirs, is that uh, the people in this, like we all said no one is good, right? And I was saying how there was like a failure based on the fact that a character almost looked good because of how bad everyone else was. Like, you almost, like, forgive their actions because of they weren't racist and they weren't, you know, white supremacists and they weren't, uh, you know, they didn't just kill civilians. Like, you almost have, like, this weird uh, comment on how, almost this meta comment on how films glorify criminals. Because you have the character of John, says name, uh, Henry John. Henry John, yeah. That is the villain in another movie, right? He's, oh yeah, right. Yeah. But like, we have a whole franchise of films, like the Fast and the Furious films, where it's just glossed over that these people are fucking stealing. Like they just look like the most romantic thing, and like whatever else. Right. In like, because Henry John's, oh, she's eleven, and shit like that. Yeah, like isn't like isn't as bad of a criminal. Like, it's almost like, I wonder, thinking about something that you guys had said a few minutes ago, I wonder if that was the point. I looked at it as a shortcoming to the film, but I wonder if that was the point in a weird way. I wonder if the point was to show how films treat 
the lovable rogue. Yeah, it, it, I would not be surprised. Absolutely, and you know because clearly Zoller is is a fan of genre cinema, and I think that I think he plays into some of the tropes of that to to make it seem familiar that this is this kind of film that this essentially kind of is an exploitation film in a way, yeah. but but it definitely turns a little bit on its ear a little you know a little bit not all the way yeah. but enough to make it feel different and you know and that's why we do see some of the abuse of of women and you know and and some some blatant racism among some of the characters this is it's not something you get a lot of these days because of the the times that we live in and maybe that's a good thing i, I actually saw um one of the things I read, and I don't know if you read this one too, Raven Shadow, because I know you read a few articles, but one of the ones I read was someone said that this is the, the film that Spike Lee dreams that he could make. I didn't read that one. <laughs> and I thought that I, I generally, I'm lukewarm on Spike Lee. Yeah. I hate him. But I know you hate him. But this, like, if he, I hate to even say this, but if he made this movie, would people be saying the same things? Because I just don't understand that. Like, I don't think I understand. I guess. I, that 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 quote. You understand, yeah. Mike? I don't understand it either. No. Well, I, I, I. That's just. I mean, I just. It's just one of the reviews I read. Is is and this is from a from an. Uh, I could probably even pull it up. I think I have the link right here. But regardless, you know, like it's it, it's saying a lot about race relations. And, yeah. And about racism, you know, without kind of taking a side or making it blatant I, one way or the yeah, other. Yeah, I guess if I'm understanding you properly, it, we'd probably have a... Uh, or understanding the quote properly, I'm sorry. We'd probably have a lot smoother deterioration d- of who... Like, Mel... There'd be no trying to understand why Mel Gibson is the way he is, I guess. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like... Uh, but, I mean, like, monsters generally come from somewhere, you know? Uh, it's why, like, this is a ludicrous thing, but it's why the Hulk works for, for like two two hundred years. Like, uh, you know, why that type of thing works, where, like, he he's a monster some of the time, and he ruins things, and he kills people, and he ruins people's lives, he destroys whole cities, uh, and he doesn't like wake up and be like, well, I did it because I was, you know, like he's never like you never hear Bruce Banner go, oh well, the Hulk did that. You know, it's always mm-hmm. like it's yeah, like yeah. it's like it's like oh my god, what did I what did I fucking do? What did I do when I lost like control? He, he, you know, it, it's it's about like responsibility. But I I don't I don't think that like no offense well offense to Spike Lee I guess, but I don't think that he <laughs> can carry Zaller's. No. I I think that this is in my opinion Zaller's worst film, and it's better than the best Spike Lee movie that I've ever seen, but. You know, it's yeah my sensibilities. Sure, sure. I'll tell you what, Spike Lee has better hair than than old Craig. <laughs> like Craig. Craig needs to fix that a little. No offense, I I get Craig. I know it's dangerous with the razors. I didn't want to yeah, do it, but it's not. It's right. not a good fucking look. You like this dude is one of the most talented directors I've ever seen. He looks like the keyboard player in a Norwegian power metal band. It's not. It's not what you do. So. We haven't even talked about like much of the technical aspects, but I love the fucking look of this film. It, it yeah. like the dark, gritty, grimy, moody look to it fits. Best the look tone. of movie we've done seen in a while. Fits even the, the tone the, so well. 
especially with the the stakeout, the, the transitions from uh, yeah. you know, you know, night to to morning yeah. and shit like that. Yeah, and I I I gotta say I love the dialogue in this too. Like, yeah. like it, some of it just so felt so snappy and so real and and like. Like and even like just some of the character quirks. Like we were talking, we were joking about it before the show about Mel Gibson's character about how he's always given percentages. He's like, oh, I give it a seventy percent. He's like, yeah. oh, well, what's the other thirty? You know, like little things like that and and uh, anchovies. And, yeah, and, the, you know, that was, was neat. I was talking to somebody um, about, uh, the other day at the shop saying that uh, um, the last ten years is not a lot of quotable movies that have entered the consciousness. Like. Uh, you know, of certain ghost buses or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of quotes in this uh, movie that made me chuckle. You know, some some are inappropriate. Um, but I, I like the, yeah, whenever something was bad was happening, Vince Vaughn would always say anchovies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a really, like, 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 yeah, I almost don't know how that would work on paper. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like reading yeah. through that and seeing that, yeah. if, you, if you're, if like, you're Vince Vaughn, like, like, how do you, like, like how does that even like you're looking at that in a script and you're like why did why well, keep saying that you yeah. <laughs> like, what am I doing here? So, like, well anchovies suck you know right yeah. you know yeah, yeah. I don't want that but um, like yeah uh, it's funny I didn't even I, I'll be honest I didn't even pick up on the context of it I just yeah you know like you know anchovies do suck uh, <laughs> but yeah that's a real interesting choice this is a really well written script yeah it did fuck up a few times in my opinion of making light of some like it's a slippery slope though right like we we i'm not i'm i'm it's a mistake they're they're mistakes in my opinion i'm not sticking up for the mistakes but i think we can all agree that it's harder to fuck up bone tomahawk right than it is sure that you have to walk a tightrope with this yeah, yeah right you know what i mean so the times that it fell off it, you know it's not it's a hard thing to do but i do think that scene uh, with the woman was a fuck up because I feel like they, it all of a sudden became Pulp Fiction, right? And it mm-hmm. made it made like they were making the same jokes that they would be making if this was a six foot seven, like chair swinging machine. Yeah, like six six foot seven. Like if this was like, you know, they were pulling like you know what how they make Danny Trail look in in early nineties movies out of the shower and he was buff and they found you know. He had a fucking machete on him. <laughs> you know, they're, they're making like these sort of like glib jokes that, you know, sort of were just fucking weird in the face that this was literally gun, no gun or otherwise like, like, a, you know, they had guns too. You know, they had guns the whole time. <laughs> no one took their guns away. Yeah. And, you know, like talk about the politics all you want and agree about this, the protocol, argue about the protocol all you want. But the way they were like so proud of what they were doing, uh, I think was meant to be like a character building thing to show that these weren't good people, but was delivered like, these are the jokes, folks. You know, like I think that that is the one time that it fell off. But uh, I can't, there was one other time that I felt that. I didn't, again, I didn't feel like Don Johnson's I felt some. I felt there was something. I don't want to say disingenuous because I believe, you know, again, the politics of the other movies are are, are not allegorical to this one. They're different, you know, uh, sometimes. But I did feel something. But those are the only two times that I feel like 
in a movie that's a fucking tightrope walk across two skyscrapers in a fucking windstorm <laughs> fell really totally like didn't work you know like where like there are things I didn't like there are things that I felt like didn't work but those were the only times that I would say as a writer not anywhere near as good as this guy not certainly not as prolific or polished but a writer nonetheless where they fucked up I I want to read a, a quote and this is uh from an article, I, I think this is the one that I shared with you, Raven Shadow, from um, and oh, Mars. Sure. Uh, I think Agoro actually shared it with us. Um, it's from The Ringer, and yeah. it's written by Scott Tobias. So I just I took this one paragraph out of it, and, it, and it's uh, a lot of quotes from Zowler. And so he says, I'm not looking for films to express value. That's getting dangerously closer to an agenda movie, which is a movie in support of its thesis statement. My characters drive my movies. But Dragged Across Concrete revels... Uh, uh, sorry, reveals that it's not an either-or proposition. A character-driven movie can express values, too, and Zowler's unquestionably does, despite his caginess. When Ridgman's daughter suffers her fifth assault and his wife talks about not being racist until they moved into a bad neighborhood, Zowler does absolutely nothing to refute her statement. Yet he works overtime to carefully delineate the moral distance between Ridgman and Loricetti, suggesting their difference in age explains why the younger cop hasn't yet sunk into toxic prejudice. So I mostly just wanted to get the quote about how he's not taking a side. It's about these characters. It's these characters are bad people. And it, it really sort of underscores the theme of the, of the movie, especially as these two stories collide, you know? So I think that, I, you know, they I, exist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these people exist. And one other thing I'm just going to read is, let's see who this is from. Um, Jim Treacher from PJ Media. I don't even know what this is, but um, the name of the article was No, Dragged Across Concrete Isn't Racist. Uh, but the the final line, he basically says, P.S. And to the reviewers who jokingly complained that nobody actually got dragged across concrete, pay closer attention. That sound, that horrible scraping sound, that's what the movie is about. That's why Zowler made it the title. So it's not like the literally. you literally right. see someone get dragged across concrete. But... Like I think it's a very apt title yeah. when you have seen the movie. Yeah, everybody, you know? every, like everybody was trying to answer. Right, concrete. right, yeah. And all I could think of, and maybe he's playing into sort of what your expectations would be, but when S. Craig Zowler, who did Bone Tomahawk and Brawl and Cell Block ninety nine, has a movie called Dragged Across Concrete, you expect someone to get their face dragged across I, concrete. I some of the final scenes yeah. in uh, in Brawl, Brawl, where yeah. somebody did get someone did, yeah. And yeah. so that's why I think it actually kind of like. I think it it might be like a like a nudge and a, and a wink at like, hey, you think you're going to get this and you're not, but you're getting it in a different way, you know. And I, I just think that that was, it just was kind of brilliant. Now I'm going to be devil's advocate real quick, right? Mm-hmm. We can see why somebody would be in 2019 incredulous about some of this guy's politics, and I'm not saying sure. that I am, right? Not sure. just yeah. because of this movie either, right? But like one like. You take his other films, which are innocuous by themselves, right? Yep. When you take the tropes of The Searchers, which not for nothing, like, is maybe one of the most... Peck and Paw was, yeah. Uh, well, it was Ford. Oh, I'm sorry. But yeah, maybe yeah, it was yeah, one yeah. of the most um, uh, troublesome mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> movies of all time. You know, and you take that and, you, and, and your thesis is to do... Cannibal Holocaust meets the searchers 
without the political baggage, but the political baggage is there as as they looked at it every wrestler, especially when you have, you know, a, a you know a Pinkerton in it, you know, uh, you know, and then there was you look at the kind of every man character against you know a group of you know definitely double dealing uh drug dealers who all happen to be of a you know the caucasians are the good guys in brawl if you're not counting mel gibson's murder dungeon prison right <laughs> yeah. like which you have to you mean right? don johnson yeah don johnson sorry so like it's not i mean i guess you could say that he definitely made a nazi puppet movie right like it's not out wrote it, wrote it right it's it's not outrageous that people who aren't paying attention to to this film uh, and even can't even see uh, how the only character with a sm- and I'm not saying that he has it but the only character with a small monochrome of nobility in this film uh, malleable morals as is but nobility right uh, is an African American character right uh, so you're not paying attention to a degree to just write it off as totally racist, but it isn't unrealistic how these people get this thesis, right? So you almost can't blame people for being dumb this time. It's not like... Of course, of course. Yeah, and, and, and then, sorry, and then Mel Gibson. Like, nothing, yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of makes... Be, that's going to make people pay attention in the but wrong way. But the other thing, too, is a lot, lot of these critics, I use the, you know, like, uh, finger quotes, critics... Uh, probably are like grew up with social media and they see when someone says something stupid on Twitter and the reaction about that and oh that person's a racist because they said something stupid and they are like if someone says something stupid they're probably a racist but they they just don't have the understanding that this is a movie that it is showing bad people bad people do bad things right. like Freddy Krueger like well I guess maybe he was in the re- did, did in the original series, did they did they say that he diddled little kids? Or child was that killer, yeah, child killer. It wasn't I don't think until that fucking TV show that he became a child yeah. rapist. The right. Freddy's Nightmares episode that had Freddy in it, right? But, but you know, but that like that probably wouldn't fly now. You no. know, like it certainly someone, wouldn't be on fucking lunchboxes, right? Right. So you know, it's 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 a different time now, and I get that. But because like a movie has a, a racist character, doesn't mean that the movie is racist no. or that the director is racist. You know, right. it's we're seeing monsters on screen. We're seeing bad fucking people, and they do bad things. Well, like, my, was, and I think that we should be exposed to this so that we know and we can fucking call it out. It was our know? defense against people and people who I loved. You know, I don't agree with everybody, but it was our defense against. All through the house is that what it's called? Like uh, the one about the little kid and the yeah yeah babysitter. yeah yeah. I um, think that was the name of it. You know what I mean? Of that being like a, a glorified rape movie. Or, yeah, you know yeah. What I mean, like, uh, but I mean, here's the thing. Like, again, I don't think this movie is perfect. Like, I don't think it's his best movie. But here's where this movie works. We all like Marvel movies, right? To some degree, right? We all do. Yep, yes. How fucking innocuous are those villains? Like, what is the difference between those yeah, villains yeah. and the heroes the most? They're just like fucking. They're the villains because we know this guy's the good guy. Right, right. Like they're not. They don't. They're not. There's no reason to hate them. The only one that was sort of morally ambiguous. Well, it wasn't even ambiguous, but people, 
people thought it was was Thanos because oh well he he has right. such good you he know had like, enough screen time. Well, that and and because they're like oh well he has good intentions. Right. He wants to kill half the fucking yeah. people. That's right. not good intentions. Like I make I, half more food. Make yeah, yeah, double, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Loki's the best fucking villain in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, but I mean, like again, you know, like uh, we don't want real villains. You know, right. That's the thing is, that, yeah, we're, we're we're conditioned to want cartoon villains right. and who, when we, who want to do bad things to people. And yeah. when we do get them, uh, we want to see like it's why, though flawed when though flawed, I think the ending of it is. It's why I think Get Out was so successful. If you had done the same movie with Get Out and did the Night of the Living Dead ending that Peel had originally planned. Yeah, well, I don't know if you guys heard about this, yeah, but I, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Been too, yeah. we talked about it on the show. It would have been, been two on the. On well, the it would have been. It would have been like you wouldn't have gotten. Uh, there's something to be said for the 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 good guy getting over, and I, right. you know, and I think that Zaller kind of gave you that in this film, and you walked away, and it probably took a decompression time to realize that well, that guy wasn't a fucking good guy either. Even though we did a good thing, you know, like it's, it's, you know, there's a lot to, this movie does a lot right. Not the least of which, like Johnny said, is that it's probably got the, the, uh, help me find a word here, Johnny. The, uh, uh it might be the best looking movie that he's done oh, so far. Yeah, no, I think no doubt. Well, we're now... Almost as long as the movie. <laughs> Talking about it, an hour and forty minutes. I think we should go to the verdict. Is is there anything else that any major things you guys want to talk about before we head to the verdict? I didn't mean to roll my eyes at Aries. Okay, I thought it was cool that Zala did all the wrote all the music too. Again, yeah, yeah, he's done that for all his films. That yeah. fucking yeah. song at the end. I forgot what it was. That like uh, the lion shock the lion. Oh, no, 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 shotgun safari is maybe the greatest song the I've ever heard in my whole entire life. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. Like, the music was spot on for this too. Like, even the 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 OJ songs and some of the older songs. You know, like it, it yeah. just was a really great. Score. I have a question. Yes. Where was this? Uh, it was a fictional Baltimore, probably. Yeah, it was. A, it was yeah. a. It was South a fi- Detroit. It was a fictional um, city. I can't remember what they called it. It was like. But- uh, it's like Botwell or something. Yeah. Yeah, but it was just it was it was a fictional city, but That's I, I don't know. It's actually my friend Chris's last name, so it's not what it is, but uh, but something like that. But like I I, I thought I thought um, DC. That's like what I could be yeah, some like you know uh, East Coast, you know Baltimore, DC. I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, looks like Raven J posted a uh, video of him drawing Dynamo and Aries. Holy shit. You see the, like, that's some new, uh, he's fast. (laughs) (laughs) Motherfucking Wally West and shit. I was more rolling my eyes at the fact that I regretted that I didn't stay home as soon as you raised your voice at me. (laughs) Trick or treat, baby. I wonder if people would say you're a trick or a treat. Trick or treat, motherfucker. All right, verdict time. We'll let you know whether this flick was a trick or a treat. And any final thoughts, Raven Shadow? Um, yo, yo, <laughs> yo, yo, yo. I I really enjoyed this. Um, you know, uh, they're they're bad people doing bad things. 
Um, and really, the only really good characters are under the age of 18. Um, and it's the children. Good uh, point. Um, you know, part of it, it's like uh, like Quentin Tarantino meets Gran Torino. Um, and you always got to fucking relate it to something. <laughs> Is that how you like live your life? I live my life quarter mile at a time. I was, I was like, so oh. with you. One fucking buzz. Catchphrase. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, what a what a fucking interesting statement that I hadn't thought about." And then fucking Quentin Tarantino, Tarantino, <laughs> like, "Oh, that 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 oh man, that that sex was like Misty Monday meets uh, oh. Axel Braun." Oh man, is that what you say? <laughs> yeah, alone. <laughs> it's me by myself with a dog looking at me weird. <laughs> That's I haven't seen that kind of movie. <laughs> uh, no, it's confused. Um, but no, no, it really. I mean, they, I don't. I don't. I also don't. And I'm not even talking about magical demons with blades on their hands. Um, I think there have been a hell of a lot worse characters in 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 films. Um, I know. With that said, I don't want yeah, actually. These figures. are real characters. Well, yeah, whatever the fuck. Then and there's definitely there's more there's characters in films where I've actually got physically mad at and 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 scenes like I don't watch that fucking rape revenge shit. Um, with that said, I don't want action figures of these characters. I don't want the poster on my wall, um, but I really enjoyed... Oh, I guess I'll return that this poster fucking, then. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this coming from the guy who wants the action figure with the guy with the swastika on his yeah, face. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you don't know his troubles. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's not his fault. Inside, you do some things to get out, you know? He's got problems. Um, but no, I, I, I did. I really enjoyed this. I, I love I love this new era of Vince Vaughn. Um, mm. You know, jacked, bloated. Uh, Shh. Fucking people love Vince Vaughn, um, and yeah, there's some great fucking gore. I I, I love this dude. I, I can't wait to see what he does next. Um, and I know he's working on a graphic novel, I guess too. Yep, uh, he's fucking diversifying like a motherfucker. We wrote a lot of books too. He's he's like he he was writing when he couldn't get a movie made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he he's written like twenty scripts. Yeah, um, you know. It was, could this be polarizing? Yeah, it's, it 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 can be, but I think it's fucking in the context. I think the 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 Peckinpah examples. Um, it's definitely kind of a throwback, and I, I I was I really enjoyed it. I can't wait to see what he does next. So uh, definitely a treat. All right, Aries. Um, I read a. I was. It kind of just caught my eye that this movie was um, a chess game. Huh. And I didn't I didn't read anything further about what what this person had wrote, but that caught my my eye. And I, you know what? I hundred percent agree with that. This this movie was a chess game um, between the one group of characters having everything planned out down down to the second and everything else, and then the other the other the other uh, characters kind of winging it, but being very strategic strategic mm-hmm. on what they do and how they they move and everything else and everything is played out. You know, almost like they had it planned, but it's and it and it is it is a chess match. Problem is, is I fucking hate watching chess. <laughs> oh my god, this I I know. Don't get me wrong, I like this movie, but this movie needed something every forty five minutes or something to 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 keep me engaged. More boobs? Not, not even that. No, because it, it it just would have been because there were boobs and. It was just there, um, but just some kind of action, something to 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 wake me up a little bit and bring me back into the movie. I did watch this movie in two sittings. 
Um, I would have liked to have tried to get it all done in one. Um, I don't know if I could have, even if I had the time. Um, I think this movie probably would have been better served as um, on a streaming service as a miniseries, you know, eight, seven or eight episodes or something, you know, because then you could have actually stretched out some of the stories and overlapped, had um, same same scenes played out from different points of view to explore the characters a little bit more because I think part of the flaw of this as a movie is you didn't need to go into depth with every single character. I think that was part of its downfall is that some of these characters you didn't need to explore to the, the extent they did for the amount of screen time they had because if you took away their backstory, they weren't on the screen very long. So they could have just been, you know, supporting characters without any story, and it wouldn't have taken away. But, but okay, sorry. Oh no! All, all in all, I did enjoy this movie. Um, do you do yourself a favor? Sit down, put down your phone, pay attention to this movie, but give yourself that um, that time when you have that mindset to watch a chess match because this is there is not a lot of excitement, and what is there isn't super exciting. There's not going to be any giant explosions it's all it's it's a very real movie can, can but I, it is a treat can i put a word uh, like like a word that your review made me think of and see if uh uh if i'm understanding you properly uh like that with the chess analogy thoughtful i yeah well, i mean I, th- I think that kind of goes hand in hand with the with the chess yeah i just want to make yeah no i i and i agree with you 100 percent you can just go right into yours, Mark. Yeah, I, I think that this film was a little bloated. Um, I think that this film had whole parts that you could literally cut out without having almost no effect of the movie. You know what I mean? Like, you could have had a certain character show up. It would have been, oh, cool that that actor or actress is here and had that happen, and you don't affect the movie at all. I think there were some missteps tonally. I think that if you make someone being a bully or make someone being hateful seem sexy, for lack of a better way to put it, then you're undermining the overall really oppressive tone of this movie. Um, uh, I think that it was... I, I think this guy writes great dialogue. Uh, I think that that was something that was sort of missing from Brawl, from... Um, from Bone Tomahawk that's back here. The dialogue in, in Bone Tomahawk was incredible. Um, this is pretty good. But again, it, it's, you know, gave him the opportunity to fall off the balance beam a few times because this isn't... Um, these aren't fake black and white bad guys like in the Pulp Fiction movies. Like, these are people that they gave real-life bad guy stuff to, or at least one of them, so it's tough to... Uh, you know, if you turn the meter the wrong way, you're almost glorifying their their bad guyness. Their, you know what I mean. You're making their racism or their other stuff seem charming or whatever. And but you know, it, it didn't happen a lot, and it's a slippery slope because you have to make a movie. It has to be entertaining, and it can't be oppressive, or could be. I guess it's art. It could be whatever you want it to be, but it can't be oppressive the whole time, right? Like, you can't follow these guys around and just have it be fucking awful <laughs> the whole time or you're not going to watch it. You know, so that's a, that's hard. That's a hard thing to do. And I don't know. It's tough to criticize somebody 
who takes on a hard thesis for not succeeding all the time. Um, I just didn't enjoy it when it failed. Uh, but I think I don't agree with my kid, and I, I agree with him more often than not, Jesse G. I don't think that this movie was garbage. I think that... Uh, I think I think the things that fucked up were garbage, but I... And I, I think a lot of times mistakes add to the charm of the movie, and I don't think that happened this time. I think this is Zaller's worst film. But it's still pretty great. Uh, I think bad, I think we're proving that bad Zaller is better than a, a ben lot. Ben Nelson. Yeah. Well, let's not go too crazy. That's not Good, that good Frankenstein design. Mm-hmm. But um, do you guys see that bullshit where people defending Van Helsing because the Frankenstein design so good? But uh, I, I think that, like, you know, this is definitely worth a watch. But it's, uh, Aries said something interesting that's true. You're not getting a film that's fucking propelled along. You're getting a film that each piece moves and takes its time and moves to the next square. There's no... Uh, Ba-dum, 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 moving along. There's no montages. There's nothing to make that movement and descent. It's and very thing. deliberate. Very sexy. There's a lot of scenes that are literally people fucking driving to somewhere. You know, like there's no time lapsed in a lot of cases. There is a the world's slowest car chase in this, and there's no, right. there's <laughs> no, um, like it almost happens in real time. They don't like cut away right. a lot. So, you know, it is a very thoughtful movie in that sense. It is very slow, um, and it's brave in its mistakes. That's the, like, I think that's what I've been trying to say. That's where I will give it a compliment. To fuck up as bad as it does sometime, you have to try it. You have to try to walk that line, and I find that very admirable. This might be one of the most pretentious things I've ever said, which is fucking saying something, but it's also might be, this might be the most like, uh, very seldom when we watch a movie for the show, do I feel like I saw some kind of like transcending art. Uh, and I think in a weird way, this might be like a weird, this is true art. Because it bothered me. This is true art because uh, it challenged me from the opening frame. Um, I don't think it's perfect. I don't think it's his best film, but this is definitely a treat. All right. For me also, this is a huge treat for me. I thought this film was a tour de force. Uh, Zoller has a mastery over his craft and is able to convey so much in tone and feel just from the way his films are shot and look. I think this is a brilliant example of allowing a film to tell its story with the most emotional effect as possible. If this was a Hollywood film, it it would have been under two hours and not the least bit offensive and not nearly as good. And while while in this film there are some offensive themes and situations, I feel that Zoller isn't so much pushing his own politics on us, but showing us behind the scenes of real-life monsters. While Zoller is a huge fan of horror, his films aren't necessarily horror films because he's showing us the real life horror that exists in the world and it has a significant impact on how effective his films are Uh, not all films have to share your view on politics and this film can be challenging at times due to that but by showing us that this evil does in fact exist it shines a light on it Uh, you know and i've seen some reviews that refer to this film as vile racist right wing 
And sure, to some people, it might be from their perspective. Uh, but to me, it shows how how people we know and people we see every day really are this way. So I think it really depends on your perspective and what you take away from this film. I think this is a masterwork, and I can't imagine this not being in my top three, 13 at the end of the year. So it's gonna we're going to have to have a lot of fucking great flicks to, to kick this off the list. So this, man, I just was every single minute of this film, every frame of this film, I was just drawn into. Even in these mundane conversations, you have these great dynamic between characters, and I, I just I thought this was was a uh, an amazing film. So, big time treat for me. So there you have it. If you guys want to, it's available on VOD. You can check it out, and uh, it is playing in some select theaters. So you can try to catch it in some theaters if you want to. And this this probably is a is a cool experience to see in the theater. You know, you may have to take a bathroom break or two, but you know. Bath break. Bath break. Speaking of long movies, did you guys see how long uh, Avengers Endgame is going to be? I'm not going to see it in the theater. That's stupid. Did you you guys hear? No. Uh, Three hours and two minutes. Wow. <laughs> no Longer way. than this. Oh. No way. You're going to go see it in the theater. Of course you are. Yeah, you are. We'll all split a pack of depends and we'll go watch it. A pack of, oh, depends. <laughs> I could. I, that's a good point. I couldn't go see that. It's hard for me to not go to the bathroom when we have. Well, because you do get a soda like this, and, and then go for a refill. It's yeah, three fucking hours refill. long. I'm thirsty. <laughs> that's a lot of fucking. Yeah, but you can here. sip water. <laughs> What'd you say? Well, yeah, yeah, I missed it. <laughs> well, a lot yeah. of avenging. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of end game too. Of- Should we wait? Do they pregame before the end game? Uh, yeah, just I just don't. I just don't. That's stupid. I don't care about that. Like, I love. Like, I, like. I wouldn't want to spare have special time with Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson for that long. Like, that's too long. There's nothing I want to do for three hours. <laughs> nothing. No, I don't know about that. You don't want a podcast with us? Yeah, <laughs> that's. I have. I have a fucking three hundred something episodes that say that, that I don't want to do 350 that. Three hundred and fifty almost. Uh, oh. uh, the other thing I wanted to mention before we just close the book on um, on Dragged Across Concrete is Park Chan Wook, now the director of Old Boy, mm-hmm. and S. Craig Zeller oh, are boy. teaming up for an ultra violet, we- ultra violent, not violet, ultra violent <laughs> western. And uh, it's a script that that Zoller had written back in 2005. And apparently uh, Park Chan-wook has been wanting to do this for about seven years. And it looks like Amazon just picked it up. Nice. And Matthew McConaughey is in talks to star. And it's called... All right, all right, all right. It's called The Brigands of Rattle Creek. Yeah. So it'll be the second English film from Park Chan-wook. And he is... I mean, he's a master. So... And if this script is anything like... Zoller's others like this could be a huge fucking win. Yeah, when I uh, I, I stand back, uh, I, I stay back to when I posted this at three o'clock in the morning when I found it that day, which is oh my fucking god. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like I like it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy. I will say that that film is a uh, being in that character. That film is a bad day to be a horse or a lady. <laughs> like you know, nobody makes uh, either one of those situations good with that guy making it. He had a head in the field. The, or a car. You don't want to be a car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. The other thing I wanted to mention is next week. Next week is uh, the Wednesday before uh, a big wrestling event. Re- uh, WrestleMania? Is that the name of it? Oh, or WrestleMania. Uh, and in years past, we have teamed up with 
some of our friends. And it looks like we're going to do it again. Wednesday Night Wars will return next Wednesday. We will be doing a show with Outside the Cinema. They're not live anymore, so you won't be able to watch that live. But it'll be out there eventually. Uh, We're going to talk about our top six uh, wrestling matches of all time. And then on our show, we're going to have Bill. And I, I don't know if... If if Goro's going to join us, he's going to be on outside the cinema, but we'll we'll find out. Uh, but uh, we are going to be doing a wrestling, well, a pseudo wrestling film, and uh, it's a film that stars John. Well, his real name is John Hennigan. He's also he's been known as John Morrison, Johnny Nitro, uh, Johnny Impact, Hercules, Johnny, Johnny Mundo. Uh, he's go, goes by a lot of names. But uh, he did a film last year called Boone the Bounty Hunter. Oh, shit. I have that on my queue. Well, there you go. Mm. So we're going to do Boone the Bounty Hunter. I don't believe there's any wrestling in it, Mars. Is there? He fucking throws some wrestling moves. Okay. <laughs> he throws some wrestling moves. Okay. So we're doing Boone the Bounty Hunter. We're taking a little bit of a break from what our, we normally do because that's what we've done for the, you know, for the Wednesday Night Wars. And there was another film I was trying to get, but it doesn't look like it's been subtitled yet. Yeah. So... Which is really disappointing because it's called Daikaiju Mano, and it stars Kota Ibushi and Minoru Suzuki uh, suplexing kaiju monsters. Those are two scary fucking guys, too, in different ways. <laughs> yeah. Like, I realized One's today, scary sexy and one's scary scary. No, because I think Kota Ibushi <laughs> is a serial killer. He has all the, he he has be, all the yeah. distinguishing traits. He's very <laughs> handsome. He's very uh, weird. And he's very driven. Uh I uh, Raven Shadow, I think, is going to be a little happy. Uh, not that I'm, you know, booking booking the ship here, but as we spiral towards 350, uh, I think we're going to have a very action centric couple of weeks. Uh, nice. Yeah, we have part part of episode 350 planned. There may be a second part that isn't quite planned yet, but we have part of it planned. We'll we'll let you guys know next week. But we got some exciting stuff coming up for 350. Nothing huge. Just want to hang out with some of our friends and do something, you know, maybe a little bit different. So, so we'll we'll talk more about that next week. But yes, uh, next week we're doing Wednesday Night Wars. We're going to have uh, Bill from outside the cinema on to join us, and maybe some other guests. And we're going to be talking about Boone the Bounty Hunter. And where do you have that queued up, Raven Shadow? Is it is it on, on uh, the Netflix? Oh, it's on Netflix. Perfect. Yeah. There you go. Everyone yeah. out there, uh, if Raven Shadow is correct. You can watch it on Netflix. I, I think so. All right. It's been on Prime forever, too. So. Oh, Prime. Okay, so it's out there. So if you guys want to play along at home, Boone the Bounty Hunter. And to be. To be. <laughs> to be or not to be. Uh, and, yeah, uh, if you guys have thoughts about it or, or if you, you know, I don't know, anything about wrestling, any predictions about WrestleMania or wrestling questions, like I guess next week is the episode to, to ask them. So. It's going to be long. Um, not necessarily. It's going to be long. Well, that movie, like, I- I'm telling you right now, this movie is very, like, oh, you're, you're not going to get the same experience we got this week. <laughs> oh, no, no, not, 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 not Boone. I meant uh, Mania's going to be long. Oh, yeah, Mania's going to be like eight hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I'm I watching, thought you meant our show. When I'm not show. watching that either, by the way. All right, so you know what? Uh, Raven Chow, you're probably going to hate this, but I'm going to cut the break because we're, we're, it's uh, already past midnight. Well, me and Raven Chow have to go downstairs because yeah. one of us has to put something in his body and one of us has to take some not each other's. Well, you guys... <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> All right, rock, paper, At the same time? Yeah. <laughs> no. All right, well, we're going to play some voicemail so you guys can just miss a voicemail. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, although, hold on. I don't know who this one is Don't from. play anybody I made with my sperm. 
Well, I don't think anyone who you made with your sperm is is oh, called in. <laughs> the he what? Didn't, he didn't touch anything. The rod plague dog. All right. So uh, this is, I think I know who this is from, but they didn't leave uh, a name on it. So it's, for now, anonymous. Hey, Trick Tree Radio. Humble Eddie here, giving you my quick thoughts on uh, Dragged Across Concrete. Um, I thought S. Craig Zoller did a great job with the movie. I really like that... Uh, you know, he tried to handle, I mean, I guess all of his movies are pretty character driven, particularly Bone Tomahawk, but this one, he really kind of put that foot forward in a way that I found to be really effective. Some of my favorite, maybe my very favorite type of crime movie are character driven crime movies like Animal Kingdom or Killing Them Softly, Friends of Eddie Coyle, Jackie Brown probably being my favorite of all of them. Uh, unlike those movies, though, I think from time to time, this one feels, in terms of the dialogue department, a little stilted, a little kind of like 40s noir Humphrey Bogart stuff, which kind of doesn't necessarily click with the more, I think, naturalism and the reality that our presentation in the movie was kind of going for. I mean, it's a stylized film, but the outcomes of certain characters feels very real world and not playing by any sort of dramatic convention. So the kind of stilted dialogue here and there was a little jarring, but beyond that, that's really my only complaint. I thought it was fantastic and I can't wait to see what this director does next. Um, I can't wait to listen to the show and uh, I hope you guys uh, liked it too. And uh, I can't wait to talk to you guys again. All right. Take care. All right. Humble Eddie. Awesome to hear from you, buddy. And uh, we appreciate you calling in. Glad you dug the flick. And uh, I actually thought that was going to be someone else. So it was a nice surprise to hear from Humble Eddie. So let's let's see. Let's move on and let's hear from our buddy Arkham Josh. Hey, Trick or Treat Radio guys, it's Arkham Josh here. Just calling in with my thoughts on the films from the past two weeks. Uh, first off, I caught up with Piercing. Um, it was after I had listened to you guys' discussion, so I kind of already knew what I was getting into. I had known about it beforehand. Um, and I had actually only heard about it from the aspect of the um, soundtrack, because it used the soundtrack of uh, m- mostly old Jalos. Um, and for the most part, I actually think that that worked. I think the only times it didn't work was the, when they used um, much more recognizable ones like Profondo Rosso or Tenebrae. Um, I think a lot of it came from... Um, I think some of it was from Who Saw Her Die, and um, from uh, What Have They Done to Your Daughters, and I think those ones um, aren't as iconic themes, uh, so they worked better. Um, As for the rest of the film, I thought the acting was pretty good, and the story was pretty good. Overall, it was a well-made film, just left me a little eh. Um, One thing I found interesting going into it... Um, was I didn't know until I listened to the show last week that this was uh, based on a book by the same writer who wrote Audition. And in some weird ways, it's essentially the same story, just with different motivations on the part of the male. So um, I found that a little bit disappointing as well, in a weird way. So overall, I guess that one was a uh, tepid treat, and I guess a tepid recommend as well. Um, so for this week's film, uh, Dragged Across Concrete, I was extremely looking forward to it. Like, this was probably in my top five 
you know, um, films I was looking forward to this year. And um, I gotta say, I enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy it as much as I'd hoped to. Um, I thought the story was interesting, and the acting was good. I mean, the writing was good, the direction was good. I really just personally feel that this film could have been tightened up quite a bit. And and I think if it had been tightened up a bit, I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more. It had way too languid a pace for the story it was telling. Um, so again, I am going to say that, that this is a treat uh, and a recommend, especially if you like uh, Zoller's other films. Um, it is by no means a bad movie. Um, but I think, I think personally for me, it is the least, my least favorite of his films. Um, which is actually really weird because in the past couple of weeks, I also saw two films theatrically by filmmakers who I, I really appreciate their work. Um, and also kind of felt it similar ways to, to those films that they were kind of disappointing. Uh, not bad movies, which is disappointing for different reasons like that. So overall, treat and recommend. Um, one really interesting thing is that on uh, this film, and I believe in the uh, in uh, Brawl and Cell Black '99, he's been using music uh, by people from the Tavares family, uh, some of the funk that has been in them, and. Um, What's interesting is uh, the the brothers of the Tavares family were in a band in the 70s called Tavares. Uh, they were a somewhat successful and popular funk band. Um, and all its members hailed from East Providence, Seekonk, and Fall River. So um, I thought that that was an interesting kind of local connection because it actually really appears for this one that I think one of them actually wrote new songs for the movie. Hmm. So... I thought you'd uh, you guys would find that interesting, yeah, a little, cool. little extra local connection. So, um, other than that, I hope you guys are all doing well, and uh, I'll be in touch real soon. All right, bye. Awesome, Josh. Thanks for your thoughts, man. And uh, looks like he kind of agreed with you a little bit there, Mars. Like he did like the film, but thought it may maybe was Zeller's uh, his least favorite film of of, of Zeller's. Your mic's off. Oh, it was the wrong one. <laughs> he and I agree a lot. <laughs> it's because you guys uh, have had mandates. We do have mandates. I mandate we do it soon. <laughs> I, I just watched Raven Channel pee off the steps. Is that a mandate? <laughs> well, it, uh, at least it wasn't out at a screen window. <laughs> no, the door, the door is closed. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. Okay, why was your wang out then? Whoa. <laughs> He's trying. He's trying to see if it was spring. <laughs> the, the ground it saw its shadow, and now it's gone. So, uh, Corny had said the tweet and says, "I thought dragged across concrete was a treat. Didn't have enough to talk about to make a call." Uh, Dynamo Mars ladies razors are the best thing to use for shaving your head. Oh, Nair, right? I'll tr- yeah, Nair, I bet you Nair would burn like nothing you ever seen. <laughs> So it looks like Corny's got some advice for you. Try it really some lady, hurts. Lady though, razors. Like, yeah. Well, I'm having a bad, like I'm going to have to fucking wear a hat and it's going to be like 80 degrees this weekend. And it's not going to be 80 degrees. It is. You watch. No, it's not. It's going to be like 50. No. 70. No. It, I looked. I looked too. 
Okay. It's going to be 80 degrees. 80 degrees. Yep. Gotcha. Might be 70 on Sunday. See? That's not 80. It's close enough for government work. <laughs> and mind you, when you said it's going to be 70 degrees, you were like, yeah, it's going to get up to 65. No, Still, that's, that's I said. I said 67. No, you said 65. Oh, now it's 80. It's getting hotter. All right, we got one more voicemail. This is from our boy FTM. First time, Mike. What's up, Trick or Treat family? This is first time, Mike. How's everybody doing? Good, buddy. I saw on the old Facebook you guys are talking about the exploitation genres and exploitation movies, and uh, I am a huge fan of the exploitation genre. Uh, it's vast. It contains multitudes, so many subgenres for every taste. Uh the cannibal movie, the women in prison movie, Nazi exploitation, nun exploitation, uh, black exploitation, any place exploitation. Uh, there's a bit of something for everybody. I uh, have a very soft spot for a lot of like the the cheesy movies from the uh, the 70s through uh, 90s, like uh, the, the Italian uh, ripoff movies, uh, like your uh, like all those variant zombie movies and uh, the cannibal movies were never my thing, but uh, you know I saw I, I do enjoy Doctor Butcher MD, but uh, stuff like the uh, like all the the Rambo ripoffs or the Mad Max ripoffs, uh, like nineteen ninety Bronx Warriors, uh, huge fan of those type of movies, uh, and uh, a lot of the like slasher films that I found that I enjoyed in like the seventies and eighties when I would rent them, I found out later were part of uh, what's known as exploitation, where a lot of them were movies made uh, in Canada to use the very light uh, tax laws, and. Uh, Black exploitation movies. I adore Blackula. Blackula is a great yeah. movie. It's a cheesy seventies movie, but I'll be blunt. William Marshall is the shit, and he <laughs> elevates that movie with one of the best scene portrayals of uh, of an immortal vampire that has been done on film. And I match that with almost anybody that's played Dracula and beyond. Blackula, especially the first one, is a great movie. Uh that comes out to a little bit of. Uh, I also want to see Captain Marvel on uh, this Saturday because I uh, I had a choice between that and us five dollars, but we decided that I I ended up going to Captain Marvel. And why I bring that up is I really enjoyed Captain Marvel, and it shows a proof that I read some of the reviews. Some people didn't like it, but like exploitation movies, every movie is not for you. If you don't like a movie because you don't like the plot and you don't like that, you know, hey, anybody's opinion is fine. But when you start like dissing a movie because you know it's a woman there, or you know, is like, I love black exploitation movies. It it they're not all for me. I am not. If you're upset because the main character in the movie does not reflect you, then you got to really understand. I'm everybody has an opinion, but. That's foolishness. You can enjoy a movie without having to have any ties to the main characters. I love black exploitation movies. When TNT had them on, I watched a ton of them. I saw the Shaft movies. I saw Slaughter, uh, Sweetback Stern's Badass Song, a great a lot of great ones. Those movies, I am not. I a white uh, fat white guy is not a main character in those, but I can enjoy those movies nonetheless. You know, just because Captain Marvel doesn't have, 
you know, isn't just a white guy and uh, there's barely any, you know, there's not a lot of white guys in the movie. You know, hey, it was an enjoyable film. Just because you're not represented fully in the movie does not mean it's a bad movie. And if you think that way, you might want to go check yourself because you got some issues to work out. Judge a film on its merits, but if that's your main beef on a movie and that's why you want to tear it down, I just don't agree with you at all. But back to exploitation, uh, I love the genre. I'd rather watch, sometimes I'd rather watch a ripoff of a movie than the movie itself because it has brought me such joy over the years. I am first time Mike, an exploitation fan from way back probably when I should have been doing stuff like studying and other things. So sorry for my rant there, but I just had to get that off my chest too. This is first time Mike saying good night. Bye. Awesome. First time Mike. Well, we did get some exploitation talk because uh first time Mike is the fucking man. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't that guy have a fucking podcast? I don't know. He knows a lot. What fucking cosmic, assholes made it so that dude is listening and we're fucking talking about <laughs> I know. <laughs> the fuck. <laughs> uh, but as always, first time Mike, great voicemail. We always love hearing from you, bud. And some great thoughts and some great great flicks in there too that he, he named. Uh, of course, uh, Blackula is near and dear to our hearts. Yep. Hey, I, I, by the way, <laughs> I saw Sing Sing Soon today. What does that do with Blackula? Well, because he said uh, the greatest. I had the greatest exchange that I've ever had with scream, him. Scream, Blackula, scream. Not just that. I went into my office one day, and he was already there, which is always weird because I don't know how he fucking got in. But uh, I said, hey, saying, guess what? And he goes, what? And I said, I legally changed my name to guess what? He goes, what? I said, to Blackula. He goes, you can't call yourself Blackula, Mars. And I said, why, saying? Because you know vampire. <laughs> Blunt me is the point. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Good old Sang. Sing Sang soon. He literally, his new haircut. Why don't you get him to sing? I tried. Or uh, record a... Well, I told him that now that I have the laptop, he can come into my office at work and we can do some Sing Sang soon. He like that. But like his new haircut, I don't know how he's doing it. But he looks like, you know, in the cartoons where somebody drops a fucking potted plant on somebody's head and the flower stays there? Yeah. Like, that's what his fucking haircut looks like now. And he's like, I like. I'm like, no, Sing. The, the problem with Sing Sing Soon is that the guy who taught him English doesn't speak English very well. So, but yeah, that's me. <laughs> All right. Well, we're not going to do so much exploitation talk because uh, I'd rather have MZ here yeah. for it. You know, because he was he was the main link linchpin for that conversation, uh, and first time Mike did drop some some knowledge. So yeah, no one will walk away disappointed. Yep. So if if anyone does have thoughts about it, though, uh, obviously you guys can send us a voicemail about it and uh, let us know. Or if you have thoughts about Drag Across Concrete that you want us to hear, podcast at trickortreatradio dot com. Uh, we would love to hear from you, and uh, I guess we should just kind of wrap up here. Let's just go. Well, that's that. That's what wrapping up means, right? Uh, not technically. <laughs> Is it like when I tried to steer the conversation towards uh, technical aspects of the film, and it took about forty minutes to get there? Oh, yeah. You got to take control of your table, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, man up, producer. Right. I'll just turn your fucking mics off next hey. time. Then, all right, fine. that's fine. <laughs> All right, so um, let's see. Next week, as I said, we're doing uh, Wednesday Night Wars. 
We'll be teaming up with uh, Bill Byforce from uh, Survival of the Film Freaks and Outside the Cinema. And we'll talk, obviously, we'll talk a little bit about the upcoming uh, live show with the Survival of the Film Freaks screening. Should be a good time. There's still, by the way, still tickets available in advance if you'd like to. You can go ahead and purchase them. Yeah. And I would I would recommend it. I don't know how big the room is. I don't know how many people can fit in there. So mm-hmm. if you want to be guaranteed to get in the door, you want to order those tickets. Yeah. It's so. it's you know, it's 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 uh worth the movie itself is worth every dime, we're just extra. So all right. Uh I guess we'll go around the room and say our goodbyes, starting with uh, Monster Zero. River Dirt Douchebags. Not bad. Glad someone did it. Aries. Goodbye. Rave Shadow. Live fast, love hard, die with your mask on. When are you going to get a new uh, catchphrase? Jesus Why Christ. are we all going to have catchphrases? <laughs> yeah, well, hey, no. Bone shakes the whole table. <laughs> yeah. It's because it's 14 years old. I get a lot of important messages. Like, very, I don't know if that's on vibrate or electric cue. <laughs> well, yeah. It's a taser mode. It's set for stun. Call Rave Michelle Taser Face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is important that you read this right yeah, now. Yeah, set for stun. Well, I, I am. Well, you fucking, I wasn't going to do it, and you brought it to my attention, so now I'm going to read it. He brought it to your attention, not the fact that yeah, the fucking, shook the fucking room. woman poster fell off the I, wall. I, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I'm sure people listening heard that vibration. Ooh. Good vibrations, oh. Rave Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? All right, Mars. That's exciting. I'm leaving. <laughs> By the way, Johnny, thank you for booking my fucking last lap with such fucking exciting stuff. It should be good. Your last lap. Dragged against, dragged against hell or whatever it's called. Drag me to concrete. Drag me to concrete. <laughs> uh, I will drag you to concrete Some if you Wednesday want. Night Wars. Some well, that just kind of fell on our episode lap. Episode 350, live trick or treat radio. It's going to be good. Believe me, I'm not doing it for you. <laughs> yeah, you, you love You are going to miss me so bad. You're not, you said you're not going anywhere. I don't remember that. You said you're coming for the reviews. That's not leaving the show. No, nah, I might not. Just, uh, this week, uh, maybe we changed my mind. All right. Well, maybe Mars is gone. I don't like oh, it. I don't that like hurt it. your feelings. No. Nah. <laughs> wow. And by the way, I'm you not, hurt his feeling. Yeah. By the way, I'm not a bully. I'm a fucking. Here's my new catchphrase. I'm not a bully. I'm a real live monster. <laughs> That's much better. Yeah. I'm gonna fucking. <laughs> That's much yeah. better. Because you know we spent uh, 90 minutes talking about how Mel Gibson was a monster. So. He is. At least I'm taking responsibility for my actions. At least you don't steal from people. I, right. I don't. <laughs> All right. Well, that is going to do it for episode 348. Holy shit. 348. Uh, we appreciate all you guys tuning in. We we love hearing from you. We appreciate the people who sent in voicemail. Everyone who tuned in for the live show. And uh, next week should be fun. So everyone come back and tune in uh, live because there may, you, you know, you never know. Might be some fun stuff that happens. And uh, should be a good time. So. That is going to do it for the episode, and we will see you guys next week. What does that mean? What a pity. There are two girls in the kitchen. I taught him that one.